Yes. Time for another episode of The Checker Flag Show. It's going to be episode number three. Let me tell you, this is going to be a special episode because we're going to have Mr. Chris Golden here who drives the number 19 Limited Modified from Elk City, Oklahoma. But he's got even something bigger on his mind, a bigger step in his career. And we'll find out about that right now. Let's get this show started. Five, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Comes out of turn number four to check the chicken flag. And joining me now is going to be Mr. Chris Golden, driver of the 19. Is it a sports mod or is it just a regular modified? Uh, it's a limited modified. Limited modified. All right. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I can't complain. And even if I could, who would listen, you know? <laughs> oh, goodness. So you're from you're from Elk City. Are you originally from there or? Uh, I'm actually from uh, a little small town down in uh, Deep East Texas. It's uh, Joaquin, Texas. Joaquin. Uh, yep. Went to, went to college over in Nacogdoches at, at Stephen F. Austin, and that's about an hour and a half from my house. So how did you end up in Elk City, of all places? Oh, heck, just like everybody else, when the oil field was booming, uh, I heard about it, and I got me one of those oil field jobs I've been hearing so much about. And here we are. <laughs> So you're a lumberjack, huh? Yes, sir. What year did you go to Stephen F. Austin? Uh, 2011. Oh, yeah. That's when they were pretty good. I think that's the year they made it pretty far in the tournament, if I remember right. I believe so, yeah, in the, uh, the NCAA tournament. It was one of the years. They've had, they've had a couple of really good basketball teams down there. Yeah, because uh, uh, Travis Walkup, I remember him. That dude was a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how'd you how'd you get into racing, man? Oh, that's that's actually one of my favorite stories to tell. I never get tired of it because I get to talk about my grandpa a lot. Uh, basically, um, I, I was adopted when I was four years old. Uh, my grandparents adopted me and basically spent every money, every penny they had to uh, to adopt me when when I was four four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, they had they had had me my whole life already anyway. Um, but we were, see, I was about eight years old. I, I vividly remember, uh, we were go, we'd go all the time to Lone Star Speedway, uh, down here in Kilgore, Texas. And I've made a couple trips back there now, now that I have been racing to, to race there. Of course, they're, they're closed at the moment, but mm-hmm. always somebody to open it up. Um, and I would tell, sit there and tell my grandpa, we'd be there watching the cars, you know, it's like, you know what? I know we don't have a lot of money right now and we can't afford it right now, but one day I'm going to do that. I don't know how, but one day I'm going to do that. And then uh, fast forward uh, 20 years, at the age of 28, I bought my first uh, dirt track car. And uh, as I say, the, the rest is history. And, and it's in, in five very short years, it's culminated to where it is, where uh, we're making that next jump and we're headed to NASCAR. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, I was I wasn't going to say that at the beginning, but uh, <laughs> tell tell everybody what you got coming up. Uh, well, we're going to be running uh, 
a limited schedule. It won't be full time. Uh, we'll be running a limited schedule for Club Racing Inc. Um, out of Morris, Illinois. And we're looking at about six or seven races. We do know that Bristol is going to be confirmed for sure. We're kind of debating on the others to get a, a actual schedule set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Club Racing Inc. there in the Arca Menard, Arca Menard series. So, dude, I'm pumped. <laughs> I bet, dude. I remember you telling me about it and stuff we've been talking about it for a while, and uh, that that's awesome, dude. And you got you got a sponsor locked down too now, so that's that's a good thing. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And it's not the crazy part; it's not just one, dude. There's so many that have been just mm-hmm. so freak awesome, dude. That they've jumped on board to do this, and dude, it's it's nuts, man. It really is. That's crazy, dude. So, uh, so you start? Did you start? Of course, was Elk City back open when you started, or? Um, the year that I started racing in 2019, they ran half a season. Uh, so they were open the first half, and then they closed. I ran there one night, and they they closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this last year when they reopened, that was really other than that very first night there that I that I raced. I, this was my first laps ever on the track. Um, and it's been three years, and I'm turned. And my, it was crazy because in my rookie season, I was I was terrible. I mean, it was a rookie, you know, I'm gonna be. Right. Um, and even even so, that night at Elk City, a place I had never been before, Elk City was perfect for me. Um, that night, I started. I think I think we didn't have a lot of cars. I started 12th, mm-hmm. and uh, about five laps into the feature, I already worked my way up to uh, to eight. So I passed three cars in five laps on <laughs> a track I've never been to as a rookie. Wow. Uh, with, with, and if anybody knows anything about carburetors, uh, on my little 602 crate engine, I was actually running a 350 two-barrel carburetor instead of the four barrels that most crate guys run. So I was way mm-hmm. down on horsepower, too. And uh, it the place just really fits me. It fits me so well, and, and since they've reopened, I actually finished eight every single night. This track was open last year. So <laughs> wow! Hey, that's good. You got so you got a solid, solid top tens. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they. Uh, to be honest, uh, they put an extra two hundred dollars on eighth place. There was a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> there was a sponsor that had thrown money at eighth place for the track. <laughs> that's awesome. So basically, eighth place paid more than fourth place. So <laughs> there were a couple nights like, man, I need to let these guys buy me so I can <laughs> start sandbagging it. <laughs> oh man! And I would just say that like as a racer, everybody that would, everybody that knows me would be like, okay, you're that's not true at all. But dude, there are things like I'm. I'm, I'm I race for, for money. <laughs> right, yeah. It's something I want to do for a living. So I was like, okay, I probably can't get to third in these next couple laps. <laughs> I, I, I can give up a couple spots. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, I think we had nine races at Elk City last year, and I finished eighth in all nine races. Yeah, of course, uh, you had the whole Elliot father and son duo that they're 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 damn good oh dude i'm telling you this i just told this story on uh 10 leanings uh racing spotlight podcast back in october when i was there um i still have this video on my phone uh this is the first time because 
race ran the rookie, little rookie class there in Longdale with me. And, okay. Um, this last year was the first time ever that I, in, in, in my four-year career, that I've been running against him and actually passed him under green. Wow. And I still have a video where I passed him. <laughs> on like it's on my phone. <laughs> it's on Facebook somewhere. And I'm just like, dude, this, this kid has been whipping my tail since he <laughs> Yeah. I finally got one back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Race, race, and, race and Robert, great people. And then uh, who else is up? Oh, uh, Kenzer and uh, what's his sister's name? Uh, they're from Cordell, too. I can't think of their name. Uh, uh, let me think. Todd. Jay Todd's kids. Yeah. Jay's a good guy, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I love Jay, man. Jay's one of my favorite people. He was actually one of my family friends. I, I didn't know him real well personally, but he was uh-huh. a, a family uh, way before I even moved to Oklahoma. Um, so Jay is an awesome dude. I mean, heck, his, his kids went to school with my little brothers. And, um, so your little... Uh, yeah, Jay's helped me out a ton. So your siblings went to Cordell? Uh, yeah, they went to went to Burns Flat for a little while. Oh, gosh. Uh, and my, my little brother ended up finishing out high school over in uh, Cordell. Okay. I grew up... Back in, I lived for a year. I lived in the big old city of Willow. Uh, yeah, back in '99. Wow, I don't even remember '99. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad was a pastor at the time, and that was the first church he preached at was Willow First. So yeah, we lived right there. I was about two years old. That's crazy. Yeah, because in '99 I was. It was in like what third grade, second yeah. grade, maybe first grade. I don't know. I don't know how all that works, but I remember. It was like I was born in ninety. That's all I remember. <laughs> and I like to talk about the the millennium thing in school. Uh huh. I was like, oh, two thousand. That's cool. And I realized, like, you know what? Maybe one. Like, I'm gonna be one of the few people to uh, if I live to like a hundred and ten. Like, I could live in three different millenniums. Yeah. Three different uh, centuries. Yeah. I can, I can catch the end of the 90s. Yeah. Through the 2000s into the 2100s. And then, of course, I discovered race cars. It's like, oh, cool. Well, 30 was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's like, um, uh, I was watching, I forgot what show it was. It was like an older show, but it was a sitcom. Might have been Two and a Half Men. And they were talking about uh, they graduate their kid. Of course, I think it was the I think it was Jake said Jake would graduate in 2015 from college. And I'm like, and they were talking like that was a long time. And I'm looking back and like that's a year after I graduated high school. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. So I graduated high school in '09. Oh yeah. But looking back, like, dude, I listen to like some of the music now. Yeah. Like, dude. For example, perfect, perfect example, TV show stuff. Uh, that 70s show. That was huge when I was a kid. Like, right. I was growing up, and I'd stay up late at night and watch that 70s show. And then I see the other day, I was like, oh, that 90s show now. That's cool. They're like, yeah. It's like that 90s show, you know? Mm-hmm. Crazy. That was 30 years ago. And I was like, wait, how, how is that possible? The 70s was 30 years ago. 
I'll tell you what's what's crazy. I will I watched a couple episodes of that and freaking Eric Foreman has not like it looks like he has not aged at all. Dude, no, you said, like, I don't think any of I watched one episode, I'm like, oh my god, there's Red, Kitty, yeah, Kelsey, like everybody. It's like, imagine being people like Ashton Kutcher, where one role has defined your whole career. It's like, he's not the Captain Punk, nobody remembers him from that, <laughs> nobody remembers him from any of the movies. He is Michael Kelson. That is what he is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I strongly believe that's why, of course, he was on the ranch, you know, with Sam Elliott, and of course, had Danny Matherson until you know his little deal happened. But yeah, definitely. I mean, look at it. He met his wife on there and everything. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Mary, yeah, they're yeah, exactly, dude. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I was glad, of course, you know, I knew Hyde wasn't going to be on there, but I was glad to see. Most of the characters on there, of course, they have, they got that kid that's gay, but that's another story. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, of course, I guess you got to do that nowadays. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one of them deals. I uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say the same thing about that as I do about marijuana. Like I don't partake, but if you want to, you you do. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. I I was surprised, you know, that no county passed that in Oklahoma when it came when they had the election. Mm-hmm. Not even the southeast counties. You think it'd be oh, the yeah. southeast counties not, for not sure? A one. Not a one. I know. I was like, whoa. It's, like, it's not that I'm. Well, how's the way to say this? I usually try to stay away from political or any type of pariah anything because. Me too. So, so new to the public eye of our sport, uh, it's it's a dangerous territory. <laughs> right. Uh, but I mean, obviously, still being being an individual, uh, my opinion is like as far as I understand the healing properties of of oh CBD yeah and all that. I, I understand. Uh, CBD is legal though. It's just the it's just the pot. <laughs> The issue I take with it is all of those who pretend mm-hmm. to have issues and abuse the system right. by use. Right. Yeah. All them stoners out there. And by by basically by give by making one side legal, mm-hmm. you're open this doorway for it to be misused. Which yeah, it sucks because it hurts the people who actually benefit. But at the same time. It's kind of like putting your hand in a box full of snakes. It's like, hey, there's ten snakes in here. One of them is venomous. Are you going to shove your hand in the box? Right, right, definitely. So going back, so talking about when you were back in high school. Um, so did you go to? Did you finish school out here, or did you finish in Texas? Uh, I finished in Texas. I, I was, I was well out of school before I moved up here. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, I uh, I was done with school. I ended up we actually moved up here in oh geez, twenty fifteen. Oh wow! Yeah, we, I've, I've been up here. We moved up here about four months after my son was born, and he's eight. He turned eight this this last January. So yeah, we, he uh, it's like everything that that I knew was Texas before I came up here. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's like see I'm the total opposite I uh I lived all of course I said I lived in Willow but I lived mostly around Lawton all my life and then I moved down here back in 20 2018 2019 because I met my wife and everything but uh I actually the way I, I met like Jay and them, I used to work out at Boss doing the announcing out there. That was my first announcing gig out there. Oh, no Yeah, uh, funny story. So I saw where back then, you know, you could post jobs on Facebook, and I saw where Johnny posted it, and uh, I called him. I, I had never done it, dude. I, I didn't know what to do or nothing, and I just called him, and I was like, I always, I always was, my biggest influence in announcing would be Daryl Waltrip, definitely, because, dude, every freaking time, I was just like, I, I was like, I mean, I like Mike Joy and everything, too, but growing up, you know, I was like, man, DW's the man, so I got, I called him up, and I just... I was talking to him, and he said, what your, what'd you say your name was? And I said, Emma Crow. And he said, Crow, you really so-and-so? And I was like, yes, sir. And then he's like, yeah, come on out. So they came out, and uh, yeah, dude, I just I just fell in love with it. I was like, I was like, I think this is something that, because I, I didn't think I was doing good at all. And uh, then uh, the Monarch needed one. Um, that's when I moved up and yeah, I fell in love with it, but it's been, it was, it was a good time in my, in my time. They wanted me to come up to Elk City a couple times. So I was like, eh, that's a drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a little bit of a hike. I mean, it would be cool to go back, you know, it's kind of, kind of your hometown area there. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been really cool. I wish, I wish I would have like, you know, because like I said, I was two and don't really remember. But my brother plays music, and we were going to we we're going to the pit stop in Elk City or the Blockhouse, and we stopped in Willow, and we went back to our childhood home. And it, that was really cool seeing that. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, that was a different time. But that anyway, that's how I got to meet like all like uh, met all the Kilmers, you know, like Briley and John and all them, and met uh, met a lot of people just in that little bit of time at Boss. Oh, that is really cool because I've always I've always liked the announcers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird to say, but I I think like obviously the the drivers in the booths got a lot of flack over the years because. Yeah, we say a lot of dumb stuff. That's what we do. We're drivers. <laughs> and, uh, like like Daryl Waltrip and Clint Boyer are a couple of my favorite announcers. I mean, oh yeah, Clint definitely. Mike, yeah, Mike Joy and those guys. Yes, they serve a very important purpose. They're the facts guys. They're the numbers guys. And then you have the entertainment, and that's where I fall in. I don't know crap, but I'm gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like. I'm gonna know crap with style. <laughs> That's like, uh, was it the class this year where we were? I was watching it, and Mike Joy rattled off some fact, and Clint, I think it was Clint or Tony, was like, 
Mike, how the hell do you know that or something like that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that, that's, that's honestly how I kind of pursue racing. It's very, it's weird to say. It's very Clint Boyer-ish. It's, it's, it's just that attitude of, you know what? I'm, I'm just like a big girl at prom. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like a big old girl at prom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. I never, I never thought about it that way. But talking about, you know, I mean. Yeah, NASCAR has changed, you know, and I mean, there's stuff that I'm like, why? Like, uh, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, the whole sport's changed. There's a lot of stuff that even in even in 2019, that a yeah. lot of the guys that, that I race with now, they, they kind of, I mean, for lack of a better term, they would kind of look at what I was doing and, and frown on it. A lot of times I'd get this, who does this guy think he is? Like, look at conversations and then i think it was last year the year before i look up and a lot of those guys that were kind of talking down to me or about me about the things i was doing as a rookie off the track have now started doing them after talking down to me about them and i'm like you know what i mean i'll never get credit i always want credit for that but that's actually kind of a cool feeling. It's like literally, yeah. The, like they were the, dude, the stuff that they were hating on you for. They realized now it's like, oh, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. You, did you catch a lot of the slack when you said you're coming out on that Roku show? Oh yeah, absolutely. With anything, any time someone does well, right? Uh, people that you kind of see. You see who who the ones are really riding the eyes are. Right. And the ones are just riding because you were the little guy with total pole and made them look good. Um, it's one of those deals where ever it's something actually Robert I heard him tell me once. Um, I, I, I would not even go lie. I hope he didn't think I'm blowing smoke or anything. But <laughs> anytime Robert tells me anything, I hang on to every word of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of what he's accomplished in this area, in our sport, and everything else, as far as a bunch of driving ability and everything else. But uh, he basically said, oh crap, I got off, the, off my topic now. You're good. Uh, yeah. Um, well, correct. I have lost my entire train of thought. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, really? You're going you're gonna to go into the quote and then forget what it was? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I got too busy hyping him up and forgot what I was supposed to be hyping. Yeah, it seems like it seems like Western Oklahoma is the modified territory because I mean, you know, starting in Altus, you got Kale, and then working all y'all's way up to where y'all are. Yeah, there's a lot of great modified drivers. Oh yeah, and and it's weird to say for the last couple of years. I mean, so going back to the show and with Arca now, it's before before you find success, you're going to end up with egg on your face at least three or four times before you find that success. And I've made the ARCA announcement two or three years in a row now mm-hmm. and ended up with egg on my face all the other times <laughs> <laughs> because something would fall through here or something would fall through there. 
Well, I mean, you're hyped up. You're like, I mean, yeah, I can understand that, dude. I mean, getting to go race Arca, that's freak. I mean, you go from driving on these local tracks to now you're racing in Arca. I mean, like freaking Bristol, for instance. Like, oh, yeah. That is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I was talking to Robert and, and Johnny Rauschenberg about it. He's like, well, nobody else in the series has ever done that. Dude. No matter how you do, be proud of that. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's for sure. But it's like... So many years in a row, I've been so close to doing it, mm-hmm. and so now it, it almost doesn't feel like I feel like if I celebrate, something's going to happen that's going to fall apart. I mean, right, right. I understand that. I understand that feeling completely. Like you get your hopes up, and all of a sudden it just you lose it. That's why I don't I don't get my hopes up about anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even the crazy part now, though. The contract signed. I'm going to ARCA no matter what at this point. Pen has been put to paper. Contract is signed. <laughs> money. And, like, we're going. And I'm still just like, okay, what's going to mess it up this time? <laughs> what's going to mess up on the car? You know, it's just like, it's one of them things. Like, uh, I had Caden Honeycutt on here. And I wish I didn't. That Sadly, that interview got deleted somehow. I can't remember how I lost it. But... I mean, just we're talking about, you know, uh, he was pumped about Daytona. And, you know, they go to Daytona and they don't make the show. And then, of course, it comes out, I think it was at Vegas, about Corey, you know, failing the substance. Now he's suspended indefinitely. And it's just like, golly. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, with, with Corey being originally from Vernon, right, or based out of Vernon and all that, I was like, "Oh my God, dude! What? A, I mean, for lack of a better term, what a kick in the nuts for Caden!" Dude, yeah, and I mean, I could tell Caden like just talking. I mean, the dude went out to freaking where was that? Uh, just last week in the car store <laughs> and got finished P with his freaking hood smashed in, finished P three. Oh yeah, I was like. Damn, this kid's got talent. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And it's such a crazy thing with the with the Roper name, what it is, because mm-hmm. obviously it's a big deal in the Truck Series. I mean, the Roper name is a huge thing, and for something like that to come out, it's it's really it's a crusher for the whole sport. Well, and you know, it's crazy. You know, I actually had Corey on here after, right after, fresh after, like a couple days after he had his best finish of his life where he almost beat Ben Rhodes and I didn't know that he actually bought Brad's Brad sold him his old truck team that truck team's uh, all the old BKR stuff and I was wow. like yeah I was like whoa he's telling me all that and all this and uh, I was like that's crazy but yeah it's a uh, Crazy deal. It's um. It, it makes you wonder. It's like obviously he's a he's a pretty smart guy. It makes you wonder if there's some type of loophole where he could sell the team to someone else and it still operate with him just not being a factor in. Well, I think I wonder. Of course, his wife's big big into it, big involved in it. I wonder if like while he's suspended, she could take over the organization until NASCAR's like, oh, we messed up. Because I looked at that and 
I was listening to when Jeremy Mayfield was on the Dell Jr. download. And he was talking about where, you know, of course he failed, you know. And uh, he said that it was right after he said something about NASCAR or something, about the car or something, I can't remember. But they were trying to uh, to get him, like, you know, out of it. And I was like, that is crazy to think that NASCAR would be that twisted. But it makes sense. Of course, I know since you're a part of NASCAR now, like, uh, I think the worst thing that could have happened was Brian France getting caught with the DUI and giving it to Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. And it, with, with that, I, I just, it's weird to say. I've had people ask me my opinion on stuff before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, as far as NASCAR goes, my opinion is the same anytime somebody asks me about working in the oil field or, or whatever else. Like, they, they don't pay me to make those decisions. Right, right, uh, right. I'm just like, like, like I mentioned earlier, just like it, it, there's positive and negative in anything we do in life. And it's up to us to determine whether the positive is worse than negative. And, and NASCAR is no different. No, nobody's perfect. I think they're going to do the best they can no matter what. Um, I definitely respect everything that's been built and, and what's there. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just, again, I'm just happy to be a part of it. I know you're, you're happier than a big girl at prom. to quote to quote you but um you know i mean the arc is freaking wide open right now you look at look who's leading in the points of course there's a what is his name van van alsett oh yeah great van alsett the the guy that yeah started started in arca realized he didn't make enough money so he left (laughs) yeah to start a business so he could make more money and then come back and wins freaking Daytona a few years later. I know. Uh, that's, that's like, what the heck? That is, that's, what make, that's, what, and that's what makes Arca so great, dude. That's why Arca is my favorite of all the series. Because Arca is it, it's still NASCAR. And we'll be honest. We'll, I'll be kind of blunt here. It's still, I've said it before, money uh, talent will always shine. But deep pockets make it a lot easier for talent to shine because you get better equipment. Oh, definitely. I mean, you look at, I look yeah, at, uh, crazy. is she, is she an ARCA driver or is she an Xfinity driver? Uh, when Natalie Decker got a deal, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't, I mean, and, and yeah, cause she had the whole incident with the truck, with the, uh, the tow truck and I first saw the truck series and, and became a pariah and all this. I was like, uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like there's so at so many levels. There's so many spots being filled, right, by individuals based on status rather than talent these days. Because and it is in not it's not a bad thing. Any company needs money to operate. Oh, definitely. Uh, in a strictly advertising driven industry, I mean the the ones who are getting talked about are the ones who are going to bring in the money. Uh, whether it's positive or negative. So if nobody's talking about you, you're not really useful <laughs> in, in racing these days because the equipment is so advanced. Uh, we're not going to say the cars drive themselves by any means. Right. Uh, if, if you take, even in our local dirt racing, you take my $2,500 car and put it against these guys that have thirty, forty 
thousand dollars and they're limited modifies. And I would much rather, I mean, I'd, I'd take their car. <laughs> it's funny. We actually talk about this a lot. It's like, Hey, that's really cool. But go do what you just did in my car. <laughs> do you, uh, do you run with the Toms any? Uh, I did not. I don't run any, any of the modified stuff. Uh, not yet. Um, I'm actually working with an individual right now. We're working on getting a modified put together. Uh, but all mine's like USRE limited modified stuff, like Robert Elliott and Kimmy Johnson and those guys here around Oklahoma. Oh, another modified driver from that area, uh, Chris Carey. I forgot about Chris. Oh, yeah, dude, Carey's awesome. Him, yeah. uh, Bobby Mayfield has been mm-hmm. a huge help for me. Um, Chris Carey's been great down there at Lawton. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't really want to get into the details, um, but all of it's, I'm going to go ahead and preface it because I hate doubting anyone. Um, perhaps it with all the drivers that I've talked to have been on my side, <laughs> but I, I actually, to my knowledge, I'm actually banned from Lawton Speedway. Uh, mm. So I, I, I raced there most of the year last year and an issue arose that uh, I wasn't happy with. And I brought to the attention of some, some people and, and uh, I was banned for it, but <laughs> I still love the facility. I uh, love the people down there. It's just there's a couple things that, that needed to be fixed. And I think Chris is from Altus, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, he ran he ran Lawton. I think he ended up winning the points down there at Lawton. Last I year. think I think so. Of course, his his daughter Charmaine, golly, that girl can drive a car. <laughs> oh, dude, that's what I've heard. I've never seen it, but he and I have talked about it a couple times. I doubt he even remembers me. We've barely talked a couple times, but mm-hmm. nonstop he was just talking about it. <laughs> well, I actually. Uh, of course, they have that kart race, you know, every year in, at Altus. And he called me one time, and he's like, hey. He said, you want to come and ask this kart race at the rodeo grounds? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, I actually, I went and called it. So, yeah, uh, that was one of one of my, one of the items on my list, on my, uh, on the resume. I'll tell you, I'll tell you where there's some freaking modified drivers. And one of them, he won, he won Texas Dirt Nationals, is uh, down in Ennis at Big O. Oh my gosh, that's where like, oh, uh, yeah. huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I know exactly all the guys that, like down there on Big O. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the guys that used to run Big O have now transitioned to running at Rocket over in Petty, Texas. Yeah, Rocket oh. is killing it right now. Dude, I loved – I went to Rocket quite a few times last year, and I absolutely loved that place. If it wasn't so far, it, it was a five-hour drive for me one way, and I think I oh. still went like five or six times last year. Oh, yeah, it's down there by Paris. Yeah, like it was It was like a five-hour trip one way. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, dude, I'm going to Rocket this weekend. Like, <laughs> it, it was the place to be first – and that was just the first half of the year before Elk City opened – I was either at Lawton or I was at Rocket. I didn't race anywhere else. And, dude, it was because I was chasing USRA national points. I ended up 13th uh, after a bunch of rain outs. I missed all of October and I missed all of March. Yeah. I uh, still, still ended up 13th, but those, those trips to Rocket, dude, it, I freaking love that place, dude. Uh, I'll be honest, my, my little crate motor uh, on that hammer down racetrack, I can't hang with those guys like Rowdy Day and, and all those guys. Oh, guys, gosh, I, yeah. I can't, I couldn't hang with them, but dude, I learned so much racing against those guys down there. They made me so much better when I came back here. 
Clicking Beard and Z- Jack Sh- Sartain and all them guys, dude. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. Like, it, it was nuts just, just getting to be on the same track with those guys. It, it helped. It made me a, a way better driver. Same thing with Ardmore. Uh, I ran Ardmore quite a bit in 2020 mm-hmm. and in 21. And, dude, I think running Ardmore helped me more in my career as far as driving ability than any other track ever had. It's so diverse. So huge, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's that's crazy. I I went there, just drove by it one time, and I couldn't believe how big it was. Like, because like it's down. It's weird how it's down in the. It's kind of like Big O has. It's down in the hill, you know, down a hill in there. And I'll tell you what's crazy, dude. So. They'd take freaking crate. They'd think, yeah, they were crate late models, and they'd stick them on that eighth of a mile. That you talking about some wild stuff? <laughs> it was, it was crazy. But then at uh, Boss, they used to run turf tire around that track. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was pretty wild. Of course, you had the five hundred cart open cart. So that's how I got into got into this stuff was kart racing. Just, I mean, there would be well, like the Kilmers, you know, up there up at Goldsby, and they come out every weekend. But yeah, I. And then here, it's kind of sad that I don't think it's going to open. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I've talked to a few people about that track. Um, yeah. A friend of mine was actually going to going to purchase the track. Uh, was talking to the city and getting everything put together, and was sent some paperwork mm-hmm. uh, about the water and sewer issue at the track. Mm-hmm. And it was enough to make him back out of buying the track. He's like, "No, there's absolutely no way that that, that track is going to be reopened." Uh, which is a huge bummer. It's, it's crazy. See, I heard rumors that they were going to close down uh, Devil's Bowl because Devil's Bowl had an offer from FedEx for $10 million for the land. And yeah, see, I heard that too. It's like they had the offer and they were going to make it like a big warehouse or something. And then they were going to end up buying Monarch because it's close by Lawton. And... They're going to do something with the, of course, the Edwards family, you know, started both tracks, but they were going to do something. I forgot. But yeah. And then I came out and said, yeah, we're going to be open. And I was like, mm. of course, that, that, uh, that's a touchy subject with the announcing out there. But yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bummer. Uh, Cause I love, I loved racing down here. It was a lot of fun. I've been, I went there a couple of times. In, uh, in 2020, and I really enjoyed the track. Uh, and I enjoy, enjoyed uh, the gentleman that was running the track. He was a really, really nice dude. Yeah, Shannon. Uh, uh, what was his name? Shannon Kelton. He's, he's a nice guy. Him and his wife are. Yeah, Shannon. He was awesome. He was a really, really nice dude. He was. I went down to, I just went to watch a race. Uh, the first time I ever, I ever went there was for the, the Lone Star Stock Car Tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that was the first time I'd ever been there. I'm like, this is a really cool place. And I happened to, I, I met the guy, and, and, and I was sitting there talking to him, and I didn't even know who he was. And I found out, like, 
months later, I was like, oh, my God, that was the owner. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I ran into you there or not. I was, I was hanging out over there with uh, the Bears when, when they were running the, the stock car tour. Okay. With the Bears that night. I don't think I went into the pits that night. I did go when, of course, when the All-Stars came. I went to the pits and everything. Um, Yeah, I didn't get a pit pass because they actually gave me free tickets that night. Because I was going to announce it. And that's when they said, well, they've got, was it IMCA TV or some, one of them TVs. They do. They were going to do it. But I did go to the pits because uh, I I got to talk to Kenny Wallace. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After I was there. I think I did uh, run into you there in the pits. I think so because yeah, because Kenny, I remember Kenny was there the weekend that I was there for the stock car tour. Yeah. Uh, they were doing like it was like a two or three day show, and I came in on day two because I remember Kenny had been there that like he'd been talking to everybody and interviewed everything the day before. Well, they had been running the night before. Were they at Ardmore the night before, or were they at Hot? They were somewhere. Yeah. And that old boy, what was his name? He freaking ran away with it. Oh, what was his name? I think he drove the 40 car. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, because he, he ended up a couple races. I think it was a race or two after Monarch. He was in the corner and just, like, flipped in the corner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't either. Yeah, so it might have been that same weekend. I think I think we did meet right there because I was riding on the four wheeler, on the back of the four wheeler with uh, uh, either Larry or Jared's wife. We were headed up to the fence. I think so. Yeah, I think I did meet you because I think we found it because you said, "What's up, man?" And I was like, "Hey, what's up? Who are you again?" Yeah, exactly. And, that, and it's crazy because I, I did that to everybody. Like, and I, I just. It's like I did everything I could to talk to every single person I could because in my mind, it's like, okay, maybe one day, um, and this, this was how I thought. It's like, hey, this connection may be the one that I need one day. So I'm just going to treat everybody the same. Right. They've been my best friend forever. Right. And, and I'm going to make everybody that I talk to feel special. Dude, uh, so when I started, um, of course, they said trust and do it, but I mean, that's because, you know, he was racing and stuff. But when I started announcing out there, the very first day, I just went off to the pits. And I just went and tried to meet everybody and everything. And uh, I ended up forming friendships with them. That's like uh, how I became friends with, like, Josh, really good friends with Josh Canoyer and, like, uh, Trevor and... Um, Braden, all them people, you know, just just talking to them. And uh, there was a guy there. I don't know if you remember. It was during – it was the Lone Star. Of course, remember during the Lone Star, all them guys from, like, Missouri and stuff came and ran Modifieds because it was during COVID and nobody was open. Yep. Yeah, and I met Cody Jolly. Oh, yeah. That I dude, remember. oh, my gosh. <laughs> I saw that dude. He's like, we got. I was just talking to him. And he's like, yeah. He said, I was fortunate enough to win the modif- the Wayland Modified Dirt Championship. I was like, what? He said, yeah. He said they flew us up to the Hall of Fame and everything for a banquet. And he said, I didn't even know it was a black tie event. I still wore my hat and everything. And he had that mullet. Yeah, 
he's out racing now. And I was like, I, I felt bad. I was like, dang, that kid had some talent. Because he had, because he came out with the Trump rap on his, uh, when he went to Light Bottles. I was like, I got to get one of them shirts because they were sweet looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Carpenter got another truck ride for Bristol Dirt, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and, and I, I've, I've studied in Arca. Like, Arca is where I've wanted to be since I was a little kid. That's been my goal since I was little. Oh yeah, like, dude, I used to love like, watching Arca races. I just, I just want to race anything, but Arca is where I want to be. It's always been the big time series that runs Daytona for the little guy, like, right? The little guy, series. right? And I've studied ARCA for years, and they, of course, they run the two dirt races at Springfield and DeCoin at the Miles. Well, they used to run at Toledo, remember? They still run at Toledo. Oh, they do? Well, that was like, that was the first, back when it was the Remax, that was the only dirt race they ran, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Back then? then Toledo, Toledo became an asphalt track after that. Yeah, that's right, because back when I used to watch it, uh, it was like Bobby Gerhardt, Frank Kimmel, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I like Frank Kimmel because, like, his of course I think his son's spotting in NASCAR now. Uh, his son is driving in NASCAR. Will Kimmel? Uh, he he run well. He I say in NASCAR in ARCA. Uh, Will still runs part time. Old Billy Billy Kimmel up there. Will Kimmel. Uh, he's he's still running. The, he runs the sixty nine part time in ARCA, and uh, Scott Melton. We'll run a couple races for those guys up there in the 68. Scott Melton's a great dude, by the way. He's giving me tons of advice, too. So, uh, who's running but, for – who's running uh, – so, who's all running on your team? Uh, we have four guys that are, we're all going to be running part-time. Uh, Brayton Laster, they call him the pizza man. Uh, okay. He ran, it, he ran the 03 at Daytona with a partnership between uh, Club Racing Inc. and Mullins Racing. Um, I believe he's also going to run Talladega. He's pretty much a super speedway guy. Um, wow! He, run, he basically drives anything with a motor. <laughs> Alex Club, of course, he's the he's the team owner. He'll be running intermittent races here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is? I'm drawing a blank now on the other guy's name. Uh, he's a big uh, road racer, and darn, what is his name? Um. Uh, I actually just added him on Facebook a couple days ago. That's the crazy part. He's uh, like a big, like, open-wheel driver? Uh, it's more like the like 24 hours of Daytona, like the Le Mans. Oh, the IMSA. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff like that. It was uh, 
I'm actually pulling up the article that frontstretch.com wrote about me right now because they mentioned him in it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, Casey Carden. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so Casey Carden will be running with us. Uh, so it'll be me, Alex Club, Casey Carden, and Brayden Laster. Uh, we'll kind of be splitting time in the 0-3 uh, throughout the year. Obviously, Brayden is probably going to be doing the super speedways. Casey most most likely will be running uh, Watkins Glen in the road courses there. Oh, wow. And then, uh, I'll be running the, the most likely. Obviously, I'm running Bristol, and uh, we're going to focus on the two dirt races as well to kind of stay in my forte. And then we'll be running some uh, – some other races as well, so I can learn learn more about asphalt. Um, and then the, any of the races that uh, that none of us are running, Alex is going to jump in and drive his own car. So huh. I guess the best way to put it is we got our, our super speedway guy in Brayton, we got our road course guy in uh, Casey, and we got the short track slash dirt track guy in me, and then we have our every man, our fearless leader, Alex, to run whenever we can. Let me ask you this. So think back – you're you're young and you're watching Agent Cody Banks. Did you ever look at that guy and be like, hmm, he's going to be a top ARCA driver? Uh, no. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing against the kid. Or, or the guy. I was going to say, I don't think he's a kid anymore. Yeah. <laughs> him at all. More power to him using the, the, the cards he was dealt and the tools that he has. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't use the same tools if I had them. But I'm not going to lie. I'm also a little jealous. Uh, I mean, anybody would be. Because <laughs> I'm just like, okay, this is something I've fought and scraped and almost lost everything I've had. Right. Ten over. And here comes Mr. Hollywood showing up with deep pockets. Like, oh, yeah, I want to. I've decided I wanted to write <laughs> I know. It was just like out of the blue. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I, I looked up his, his career race results and stuff. And I was like, his his other short track racing has been very, very unimpressive. So I'm just like, why? Yeah. Uh, but again, I mean, that's that's what ARC has become. These no-names show up and with a lot of talent and get lucky enough to, to land a ride. And on, on, I mean, for being honest, most of them are on low-budget teams and never, never going to get the opportunities to shine the way they should. Right. And you have guys that show up that have never really accomplished anything in motorsports. It's like, oh, here's... <laughs> yeah, well, that's like look at look at Maddie Chick. I mean, she's got a lot of talent. Yep. And it's like, uh, who who who's heard of her before? You know, it's just like, and she's one of the ones that fought her tail off, dude. Right. And that's that's like I mentioned earlier. It's like, dude, talent will always eventually find a way to shine. Oh yeah, but, definitely. But money and better equipment, which better equipment comes with money, obviously, especially in that series. Um, money always makes it easier for talent to shine. It's not saying that by no means am I ever going to say that Frankie Muniz doesn't have talent because he does because he's proven that in those first two races. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> but I guarantee you, you put Mandy in the equipment that Frankie is paying for. And you would see a lot different results. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's why I think, you know, I mean, Haley Deegan's having a little rough patch, but she'll she'll get back up. I mean, she she's definitely proven herself. You know, I know. I mean, yeah, she came, you know, with money and everything, but she's got she's got talent. Yeah, 
think so too. Um, I honestly think that she is one of the more talented. Uh, I hate this term, but I mean, honestly, it's, it's nothing against women whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to preface it with that, but it's, it's what has kind of been coined by racing these days. And it's such a, it's so stupid that they make the people think this way. But anytime someone sees a woman in racing, they automatically think, boom, publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. So it's like she she is she's the most talented publicity stunt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll, we'll be honest. Danica was a flop. Oh gosh. <laughs> she was okay in Indy, but I don't think she was a good representative of what the first big time female name in NASCAR should have been. Wasn't uh, of course wasn't wasn't Shauna? She was in Arca, wasn't she? She won a couple polls, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well Danica won a couple polls too. I think uh, if I think if Aaron Crocker didn't, you know, end up again with the old Ray, I think she could have been something too. But she had to get out because she fell in love with old Her Everham. <laughs> <laughs> well that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no homo, but if you ever looked at Ray Everham, that's a good-looking dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I remember when all that was going on. Like, because it was just, like, out of the blue. And then you see her at the award ceremony next to be like, hmm, okay, that's what happened to her. Oh, yeah. Man, it is, I don't know, there's there's so much. It's weird, dude. There's so much in in every, not just in racing, but I, I bring everything back to racing. There's so much in life that's just weird. Like, it's like, yeah, let me throw all of this away for this. And it's just like, it's like, okay, it's like like when dudes cheat on their wives. Exactly. It's like, it's like this dude will have this banger of a wife who's just bombshell. Yeah. And he's over here messing around with Betty Sue. It's 380 pounds with no teeth and moles everywhere. I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> they call her old holy moly. What are you thinking? You had this yeah. bombshell just feast right here. Oh, yeah. You want to go, go down the street to the Chinese buffet. What's going on? What's wrong with you? I know. It's like you're at Texas Day Brazil and you want to go eat at McDonald's or something. Dude, I'm telling you. And I'm just like... <laughs> It's the same thing in, in racing. It's like you had this almost served up to you on a silver platter. You're like, no, nah, man, I'm going to go over here and just do some math. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, yep, you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're, you're on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, Mayfield had all the talent and everything, but. Yeah, we'll even we'll even throw it in a little bit closer to home. Ty Gibbs is like, okay, oh, I got gosh. my grandpa here that's handing me everything I want. Let me go out here and make him look bad by almost running over people on pit road, being a little dipshit. Yeah, and uh, so you know, uh, Kenoyer's dad's girlfriend, you know Barbara. What I call Yeah, you know her son. He was on, uh, of course, you know, he was on Noah's pit team, Picker at the time. Yeah. Dude, and uh, I became such a big Noah Gregson fan. Just like, he's like a badass, like, and then. Well, he's, he's like a dirt racer that's stuck in an asphalt racer world. Well, yeah. Because he just, 
Did he reminds me of all of, of Tim Richmond back in the day? Yeah. Like walking around, race suit open, like, I'm the sexiest man alive. <laughs> but just like, yeah, I don't care what you think. I'm the sexiest man ever wear a race suit. Well, then it was so cool. Like, actually, because I've talked to Ryan a few times, and I actually talked to Ryan back in the off season, but we didn't get it. Uh, didn't get it arranged. I told him. I said, I said, I'd love for you to come on. I said, but if I said if if I could get you and Noah just to talk about them times at Waffle House, and he told me he was like. He said, when he gets back from New York, we'll see if we can work something out. But, yeah, we didn't get to work anything out. But maybe next year. I mean, but yeah, that's uh, – Dude, Noah is one of my favorite drivers on the planet right now. Oh, definitely. He's uh, – of course, I mean, I'm a Hendrick guy. But, I mean, I wish Seabell wasn't with Joe Gibbs. Here's the thing, and it's something we all as fans have to accept, is NASCAR is not what it used to be. Oh, definitely. I don't agree with when people say NASCAR died today. I don't agree with that. It did change. Yeah. And everything goes through transition periods. Wish we could go back to the Gen 4 days. NASCAR NASCAR pushes really hard Mm -hmm. to get a new generation of fans. Oh, definitely, dude. Look at look at it nowadays. They kind of lost a little bit of what they used to be. Like they've lost a little bit of themselves chasing this new fan. And if we're being perfectly blunt, not talking myself up or anything like that, I feel like that I could bring this entire demographic of NASCAR fans that feels like they've been forgotten and left behind back to NASCAR. Oh, most certainly, and. I think there is some drivers that have done that. Um, you know, looking looking now, I never thought I'd be, you know, rooting for Kyle Busch. But, I mean, oh, yeah. now that it, – it just – it's weird because my wife was asking me, she was like, you used to hate this guy. And I'm like, it's just weird now that he, he left, you know, Joe Gibbs. He's not the same guy anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's weird about and so many things about being a, being a man. Like, we'll just break it down with this. Being a man in general, we're not – it's not socially acceptable for us to voice our displeasure with things, our unhappiness. Right. And I truly feel like Kyle Bush was flat out unhappy for several years at Joe Gibbs. Well, have you watched – I feel like that was coming to the surface with his attitude. Have you watched Rowdy yet? I have. I mean, he said it. He said it himself. He said, yeah, I didn't. I I, I agree with you because he's like, I, jumped, I was a young kid and I jumped at the shot to go for the 18 and I didn't think about any other team. Oh, the crazy part is that most men that are, that are real men, I will say this, I'll throw that around without without dismay. Any men who are real men that suffer from depression right. will not let that depression show because it shows as weakness. That depression will come out as anger. Well, I, mean, I feel I feel like a lot that that's that's why Kyle Bush was the way he was. Was he was unhappy with where he was at, where he was at in his career and his life. I think this RCR revival has been great for him as a driver 
and for his mental health and as a person. And I really, it's, it's, it makes me really happy to see someone change their life for the better, no, no matter if it's in racing or, or not. And I feel like Kyle Busch is actually really happy now. You know, I really think what really, you know, I mean, of course, he married Samantha and everything, but just like just watching about their IBF journey, it's just it's and now they got Braxton and Lennox. But when they had Braxton, I mean, I really think Braxton, you know, being there and him helping him and everything with his racing has really helped him also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what terrifies me. (laughs) It's weird to say, but my kid, he's eight years old. Pretty soon, he's going to be wanting to get, if if he wants to race, it's going to be close to that time. I told him when he was 10, he could race if he wanted to. He's going to run a cart and everything. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting him a cart or something like that. But luckily for me, um, he shows more interest in, like, YouTube streaming and stuff like that and, and gaming more than racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we'll be honest here, I, I, I didn't get to start young like a lot of these guys around here did. Oh, definitely. Um, I didn't know that you started. That was your rookie year. Yeah, 2019 was my rookie year. I started I 20 years of, of – did anybody got to the point where I couldn't even watch racing because I was so envious inside because I wanted to do it so bad it would make me physically sick to my stomach to go watch a race because I wanted to be out there so bad and I couldn't and it's like nowadays kids just get like you know people want to race they get eye racing and I mean that's their I mean uh, me personally of course I don't race did it but me personally I actually I mean just doing eye racing I felt like you know I was I was a, like a, a real race car driver, like a real driver. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just I couldn't do shit on dirt. But, I mean, like, just running the asphalt stuff with, like, the late – like, I thought it was so cool when I got up to late models. Um, and then when I got up to ARCA, that was that was fun. Like, I finished third at Daytona. Dude, I was so happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. High racing is great. A lot of the ARCA teams mm-hmm. actually use high racing as a like a pre-race simulator um so let me let me ask you this are you how how are you gonna so when you go when they told you you run in bristol what was your first reaction like inside though uh first reaction what did i get myself into you're like oh shit yeah it's like i have messed up because the, the the marketing partners that i brought on board they wanted Bristol. They didn't want any other race. They had their mindset on Bristol. Wow. And I was like, I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> my my debut in NASCAR is going to be on the hardest track on the circuit. right? <laughs> like literally every driver in every level of NASCAR has said, even in the Cup Series, that Bristol is the hardest track that they run. I'm like, wow, I'm going to make my debut there. <laughs> And, of course, my best friend, Denver Howard, being goofy like he is, he goes, well, look at the bright side. Just go up there and tell him, like, hey, I've never lo- I've never had a single race in NASCAR heat where I didn't lap the whole field at Bristol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go back to the, go back yeah, to the which, old. Which is, which is true. I've, I've never, like, keep <laughs> <laughs> the worst car on the game. I go to Bristol on the hardest setting, and, and I'm lapping the whole field uh, on NASCAR heat, but. 
I'm like, dude, that doesn't really help me. My spirit. <laughs> See, um, that's where, like, you know, I played, like, before I got iRacing, I played all the NASCAR games, like, on the, even on the PlayStation 2. And I always wanted iRacing. And I had, I had a laptop at the time before I got this one. And the guys I was running, I was running a Thursday, I was running a Tuesday night league with the league um, on PlayStation. And some of them guys were talking about moving to iRacing. And so luckily got the tax return. So what did I do? I went and bought me a laptop. I already had my wheel. And I, uh, yeah, I, I started my racing career. So I have, I have mixed feelings about iRacing. Cause I knew, I know that a lot of the guys say Arco and stuff like that. They even have the E NASCAR series now and all that. Um, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I, I don't think those guys should call themselves racers. Oh, um, definitely. I didn't know that Caden was running it. Until I saw that he's running for RFK. Oh yeah, and I mean it's kind of it's not really like kissing your sister. It was like more like a hot cousin. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, it's like yeah, you're getting to experience racing, but not really. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of one of those deals. Like as, as an actual driver, kind of kind of like kind of like being with a big girl. Like it's fun, but you don't really want to see your friends. You you don't really want your friends to know you did. Yeah, 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 you don't want to be caught with the old two-ton teeny, you know, out, out at old, uh, yeah, like being a dirt racer and being in the position I am now going into ARCA, I'm just like, don't call yourself a racer if all you do is iRacing, um, yeah. that, because it's gonna, if you ever do get a chance to jump into a real race car, it's really gonna rub those guys the wrong way. Um, you know, I was surprised. What was it? They took that kid that he won. He won. Was it the first uh, championship? And they stuck him in a late bottle, and he turned some laps, and he did pretty good. I was like, damn. Of course, that's how William Byron got started. Oh yeah, for sure. But- yeah, well, yeah. I mean, his dad's like, his dad's like, uh, yeah. I saw that he was good, so I was like, why don't we just go get you a late uh, Legends car? And I'm like, let's go throw all this money I have. Yeah, what you want to do? But yeah, it's like there was a kid when, when during COVID NASCAR was running their, their season. You know, they were doing the the E NASCAR stuff. Oh yeah. It was the first race they did with the E-NASCAR stuff, and they had the uh, the iRacing national champion or whatever. He couldn't do he, nothing. Yeah, he, he gave them – he did, like, the, the invocation, like the gentleman starts your engines. This kid won thirty grand playing iRacing. Playing a video game. Yeah, and, and this is going to be such a mean thing to say because I'm not, I'm not a small dude. I'm a, I'm a big guy. Um, but – this kid was able, he was calling him, they were calling him a racer. This, there's no way this kid is ever even sitting in a race car, my guy. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that is not a race car driver. Dude, that might have been that kid. I think it was. It may be, dude. It's like, this kid was, 
He looked okay. He looked like remember the episode of South Park, player <laughs> World of Warcraft. Yeah, that's what the kid looked like. It was one of the characters from South Park on that World of Warcraft episode. <laughs> and it's like, dude, that is not a race car. Yeah, definitely. That's the kid that plays iRacing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude. And, and like I said, it, it's a great tool for drivers, but something a lot of people don't realize is like, yeah, it's great for your hand-eye coordination and learning lifting points <clears throat> and, and learning counter-steer and all of that. Oh, yeah. But we don't drive these cars with our eyes or our hands or our feet. Right. We drive these cars with our butt. I mean, it's it's all about feel. Oh yeah. And if if you're gonna spend what it costs to get an eye racing rig for you to actually have the feel of a race car, you might as well buy a dad gum race car because it costs the same. Yeah, some of these guys like, of course, uh, I didn't know that Randy LeJoy and Corey LeJoy, you know, started that sim seats, but uh-huh. they're what was it? Some about. They started in uh, some about Oklahoma. Oh yeah, do that in Oklahoma. He built the ones for uh, Kyle Larson and yeah, and all the, yeah, they're Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, here's what it boils down to: if you're going to spend ten grand on an iRacing rig, yeah, instead, instead of going out and buying a real race car that you can actually race race with, I, I'll be perfectly blunt here, and I'll probably get crucified for this. But <laughs> if you're gonna spend ten grand on a high race, spending ten grand and buying a race car, you just don't have any balls, and you're scared. Right. That's like it's, like, uh, it's not a money issue. It's not a it's not a skill issue. It's a balls issue. What is that one guy? Oh, I watched a deal on him. He got banned. Of course, I think he beat his. He was beating on his girlfriend or something. But this guy went and bought. A whole freaking car and stuck it in his living room. What was it? Uh, there was a deal on YouTube about it, and then there was a deal about that uh, that streamer. He has that. Him and Dude on TikTok, he has uh, a Chris Busher. Uh, <laughs> he has a Chris Busher chassis, like the whole car, and he built his iRacing rig into this car in his garage. Uh, it's a seventeen Roush. Uh, Chris Busher car. It's on TikTok. He says, I racing. Screen. I've seen that before. Set up in the windshield. So that, I, I actually kind of hate that guy. Um, yeah. And, and here's, the, here's the story behind why I hate that guy. Uh, there was an auction going on. It's an online auction with, with uh, Iron Horse Auctions. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a complete liquidation of Starcom Racing. All They were selling out all of the stuff from Starcom. Oh, gosh. Which, and <laughs> how the double zero all yeah. of that was being sold out they had complete rollers uh they had motors they had like late model cars they had complete uh cup series cars that we could use for the for the arca cars and all that i was about to they, say what what cars are y'all are y'all using the gen 6 yes we are we're, we're running the uh the gen 6 okay i didn't know if y'all running the gen 6 or the gen 5s yeah so basically it's kind of like jv football like we right. get all that we get all the hand-me-downs from the varsity boys. <laughs> well, I remember, like, just we went to Walmart one time, and David Starr had his out there. But it was um, it was just a uh, – it was just the Gen 4. I honestly, to be perfectly blunt, 
I'm not 100% sure which ones it is. I know we have to run composite bodies. I do know that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's like we have to run composite <laughs> bodies. Um, and just the composite body by itself is about $8,000. Well, I'm going uh, – I was also wondering – I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. Uh, when me and you were talking about, you know – when I asked you, I was like, so you're going to run Daytona or whatever, and you're talking about you got to get a license. Like, do you got a test for that or what? Um, well, the way it works is you actually submit your driver resume. So you go through uh, – that's what I had to do last year uh, is I went through and I wrote down every single race I've ever competed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you where you finished or where you started, where you finished, how many racers were there for, for all the races for your career. Uh, and they go through and review everything. They look back on online and check references and everything else. Uh, you have to have the track owner's name, uh, phone numbers, so they can contact them and cross-check everything. Oh, wow. And then, then they base their approval level off of that. So, for example, since I've only ran dirt, I am only approved currently to run any track that is one mile in length or short. So you can run a mile and a half. Right. So what I can do is, is I'm going to run a limited schedule, run a few of the short tracks. Mm-hmm. After running a few of the short tracks, that should approve me to run the mile and a half tracks, um, in theory, of course. Right. And then the only way to be fully licensed is to go to Daytona in January and run the Daytona test. And if they approve you after the test, then you're, you're fully cleared to run the full schedule. Can you imagine just – I just can't imagine just get pulling out on the high banks. Well, I mean, when you pull out on Bristol for the first time, I mean, I, don't, I mean, just seeing like – well, I mean, for instance, Mark Har- Mike Harmon's wreck. I mean, just yeah. – <laughs> and like Michael Waltrip's wreck, you know, it's just like – I mean, of course, Bristol's changed a lot since then, and there's more oh, okay. safety cool. features and everything. The craziest part about Bristol is when you're walking into the infield. Oh, yeah. you walk across the track. That's how you get into the pits. Oh, really? Yeah, because you have the, the garage. The pit entrance is actually in uh, in turn three. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So you, you walk down this banking, which, by the way, walking down the banking is harder than walking up. Dude, it is hell on the knees, especially for a big boy. Like. <laughs> Walking down that banking, coming into the pits, it's like, oh my god! And then you then you get across the track and you turn around and look, and you're just in this giant coliseum around this track. This, this it, and in my mind, I'm like, this track is the same size as Longdale. This is nuts. As I like, say, it's a mile and a half. I mean, a half mile, not a mile and a half. Yeah, a half mile. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like this track is barely like. About the same, a little bit bigger, but about the same size as Longdale. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. And the average speed around the track for the leaders. So the the best average speeds at Bristol is 100. That's what they're averaging is 100 <laughs> miles per hour. That's an average. And I'm like, am I limited? We average 110 at Longdale. I mean, I could. I mean, too bad y'all ain't going. And you can't go cut your teeth on it with the dirt, you know? Because it seems like the dirt is, I mean, yeah, it's still going to be faster, but it just doesn't seem like they're going as fast as, you know, on asphalt. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, like Longdale, uh, we were clocked in the limiteds. We were clocked at 
one ten before we were diving off in the corners. So we were average speed was anywhere from ninety to a hundred at long term. So now do y'all Yeah. Sorry. Do y'all have uh you know, of course, the Cup Series and Xfinity now, they're going to run rain tires to short tracks. Do they do that for ARCA? Absolutely not. I was about to say, what are you going to do if you get out there in your first race and it's a wet track? <laughs> uh, probably the same thing everybody else does that has never done it before. I would actually welcome that. That would equal the playing field quite a bit. I was about to say, dude, that would be awesome. Like, just, just, like, just like what Lee Petty said about his first time at Daytona. He's like, I walked into this place, and I looked up at this track, and I was like, you know what? None of these guys have ran anything like this before, just like I Right, because it was brand new. It's like, like, I've got just, just as good a chance as any of these guys do, because nobody knows, nobody's ever been here before. Yeah, because uh, all, all the other guys, are they're gone. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, going back to the whole uh, Tyler Carpenter thing, this is just something that – I popped back in my head. Uh, what I was going to mention is the reason a lot of those guys in ARCA and in the trucks and, and all that, they always bring up the late model guys or the modified guys, mm-hmm. and they don't really do well. Have you noticed over the years in the truck series, they haven't really done well? Right. And the reason for that is it's very, very simple. The, these trucks and these cars, they don't drive like the modifies and late models. Oh, like definitely. Um, I mean, uh, I mean uh, going back to those, yeah, those cars and trucks they drive more like factory stocks and limited modifieds. They're they drive flat. They're not up on the bars constantly right. on the bottle and all that. They drive like the limiteds and like the factory stocks. They drive real flat, and I feel like guys in the lower levels running the factory stocks and limiteds would do a lot better at that level of racing than the modified and late model guys because they're used to that style of driving. Oh, definitely. And that's where I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of advantage at Springfield and, and the coin is because like my car is limited. So, I mean, we run stock suspension. It's a, everything's stock mount. There's just not a lot of rollover. We don't really get up on the, on the bars. There are no bars to get up on. So, <laughs> right. uh, we, we drive really flat, and I think that's going to fit really well into the way those cars drive. Yeah, definitely, dude. It's uh, it's crazy. Like, uh, I mean, going back, you know, going back to iRacing, when I moved, when I moved into a truck, I I was like, the my first race, I finished like fifth or so, and I was like, I can drive this. It was at Nashville. And I was like. I was like, this is way better than the freaking light model. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've always heard that these, that they drive a lot better than, you know, the early year series like late models and modifies. But, I mean, well, for instance, you're talking about people that haven't done good. Look at when they brought Doug Kobe up for the SRX. I mean, he can't do shit. But, I mean, you look at Ryan Priest, on the other hand. Dude, I'm convinced, and I'm a little biased, because he and I are both part of, of Team Race Choice. Uh, Ryan Priest, as well as myself, and, and Jacob Perry, and a few others. So, I'm a little biased about Ryan Priest. But, dude, I'm convinced that dude can drive freaking anything. It's like, you you give him a tricycle, and he's going to go out there and win in that thing. Well, dude, I mean, I'm glad that he's back in cut, because he's... <laughs> 
I, 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 when I saw that he replaced Cole Custer, I was like, that is a damn good move. Because I honestly believe that they're going to move him over to the four. And then they might bring Herps up and put him in the 41 at the end yeah, of the I'm year. About that too. Either that or just, well, here, Tony Stewart's a really smart guy. Oh, I mean, yeah. You've already heard that Kurt Busch is, is going with him to drag racing, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Tony Stewart said something in an interview one time. Wait, what? Really- Kurt Busch is going with, so he's going with him? Yeah. I did not hear that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, the rumor is that Kurt's going straight lining. <laughs> well, I could, I could see that because, I mean, the dude's still got talent. So here's the strategy about Tony. He's a smart guy. He's a smart businessman. Mm-hmm. He, he he plays the hard ass, I think, so that people will put their guard down about yeah. how intelligent he really is. Right. Uh, he was there. Was someone was asking him about Danica in an interview, <laughs> and this is this is when it clicked for me what NASCAR was, and this is when I started pursuing more marketing than performance. Right. And what it boiled down to was someone was asking, "It's like, hey." Did you think Danica would perform better today? Blah, 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 blah. Why didn't she do as good as whatever? And he blatantly said, if we were giving her front-running equipment, I would be upset with her running 20 seconds. Right. We're giving, we're giving her middle-of-the-pack equipment, and she's running in the back. And that's when it dawned on me. Because if you remember, the year that Tony brought Danica in was when Harvick won the championship with Stuart Haas. Oh, yeah. He brought Danica in. And she, used finished, her money. she finished third in the Daytona 500. Yeah, he used the money from Danica's publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. He, he took that money, used it to bankroll his other cars. Look how powerful Stuart Haas was in that year. Oh, definitely. He used her popularity to bankroll the other cars <laughs> and, win, and win a championship. Yeah. Danica leaves racing. Stuart Haas is just now starting to recover. Oh, yeah. Because all of that money just, he's a smart dude. He brought her in as a publicity stunt, put her in crap equipment, and mm. funded his guys with talent. He used her to push his talent forward. And that was, yeah, she was used, but it was a very intelligent move by him. Oh, definitely. And it shows based on, like I said, as soon as she left Cup, Stuart Haas kind of fell off the map for a couple of years. Yeah, they they really did. And Harvick, you know, it was the crazy thing about this is why I hate this point system. Okay, so Harvick goes out there during the COVID year and wins what seven races, eight uh-huh. eight races. He doesn't even make the championship four. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, what, that's what he showed me. It's like okay, so Dan, so right there, that told me instantly in that interview that Danica didn't get there because of talent. She got there because of her packing. So it's like okay, if I I can get up there, it was weird to say. This is my thought on this. It's like I can get to that level with no talent whatsoever if I bring <laughs> marketing with me. <laughs> well, I mean, we we're talking about Natalie Decker. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'll go ahead and be honest. I don't, I don't really have the build that she's got, so I don't think that route will help me much. Yeah, I don't. That's like uh, there was a video somebody made 
on YouTube, and it was on my NASCAR casting couch. And I was like, hmm. Oh, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I one of those is like I'm, I'm all for the good-hearted jokes and stuff like uh, heck even even Michaela Rauschenberg and I kind of joke back and forth good good-heartedly you know like we we're friends we pick on each other a lot uh, but that there's there's some lines you just don't cross and even with someone you don't know like Natalie that's not a line that you cross that was in poor taste I think yeah um I thought so too um but I, I don't, I don't know. Um, so you said you're a part of Race Choice TV. Who? How did you get in on that deal? Uh, it's RaceChoice.com. RaceChoice.com. Uh, yeah, they're a subsidiary of Go Fast Solutions. Uh, they're a huge racing parts supplier up there. They're from. They're in the Connecticut area. Uh, do they used to? So they do they used to own Go Fast Racing? Uh, I believe they still do because Go Fast still exists. It does? Uh, not the race team, but the oh. Go Fast Solutions. Okay, I was going to say the race team still exists. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Go Fast Solutions and uh, like Race Choice is a, is a branch of Go Fast Solutions. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they own the race team, but I think so. Um, I'm fairly new to Team Race Choice. Um, it was actually a uh, drawing. That they had last year. They do like a random sponsor, hmm. sponsor driver, like a grassroots thing last year. And that's um, awesome. Yeah, out of out of all of the the people who applied and like, shared, commented, all that stuff, I was actually um, based on my my people that supported me on social media. Um, I was actually one of the top five uh, in, in that. I ended up being fit. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, out of the, the hundreds that applied, uh, Jacob Perry is actually how he and I met. He was he, he won the the grand prize that year, which was five thousand. Wow! Uh, in in racechoice store credit, and then being fifth, I got my five hundred in store credit, and, and I'm part of their on their their website. There's like pizza drivers on their site. They have a little bio about me there. Uh, <laughs> so all the so I'm, I'm that basically made made all of us. They're, they added. Uh, us five in that drawing they added us five to team race choice and we just kind of we help each other out i help them grow they help me grow we promote each other on social media and that's awesome uh, it, dude it's something yeah it's it, and it all came from just a little 500 dollar <laughs> little store credit deal that they that they gave me and, and still it's it's just this huge partnership between them and i and, and all the other drivers we all help each other out they they did a, a YouTube video actually where they interviewed me for their one of their driver spotlights. They do all the meet the driver deals. They're all on YouTube. If you go to Race Choice, uh, all the interviews are there on YouTube. They have them on Facebook. And my name uh, is Joe, Chris. Yeah, Joe, I drive know, a modified. <laughs> I live in Elk yeah. City, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's pretty crazy, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's really I've done lots and lots of podcasts. Uh, I've been on the, the Let's Talk Racing podcast multiple times, hmm. uh, Racing Spotlight with Tim Levy. Um, this is the first time I've ever actually been on a podcast other than Stevie Slater's. Uh, uh, it's been like one of my friends that we just kind of sit here and talk and it doesn't feel like an interview. <laughs> yeah. So, so don't get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to get you in trouble. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Do some fancy editing or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's like, that's like, of course, I mean, you're talking about you doing a lot of podcasts. When I had Caden on here, it was only 16 minutes. And I was like, mm. it was just like, da, 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 da. And I was like, well, he's a 19-year-old kid, probably never done it. You know, not done a lot of, you know, media, you know. Oh, yeah. But... That's part of it, you know. It's just it's weird to think that an oil field worker out here in Western Oklahoma would be one of the best personalities to have. Dude, (laughs) I I hope they stick a mic in front of your face at at Bristol. That is going to be the best interview. Of course, you could be like Ricky Bobby. The car ran good. Uh, I, I don't know what to do right. Because <laughs> ARCA, they do their rookie spotlights every race. Uh-huh. I'm going to go and tell you, if I get a camera in my car, <laughs> y'all going to be seeing some stuff. We're going to stick a check. We're going to stick a check and flag show sticker right there on the dash. Right there. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if they come up to me and, and talk to me, because they, they talk to every driver before before they even go out to the track. They have like a little media session they, and you, that you talk to the, the promoters and all that, and mm-hmm. they decide who's going to get an in-car camera and who they're going to interview and all that. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Your, your pre-raced interviews with the, the crew. Can we just skip to Bristol? <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> so, that, I mean, I'm, my debut, I believe, is going to be in June at Berlin up in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll be running seven races. Berlin's probably going to be the first, and we're probably going to end with Bristol. So, so Bristol be the last one. I'll probably at multiple points. I already know how I'm going to get a camera on me. <laughs> like, like in my pre-race interview, I'm laying it all thick. Like first thing, I was like, "Well, how does it feel to be a, be a rookie? You know, making your first start here?" I'm like, man, it's like, like a big girl at prom. I'm just happy. <laughs> Dude, you might get an analyst job or something out of that. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Clint Boyer ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's funny, dude. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely – I'll have to get my – update my Flow subscription so I could, uh, I could catch that because that's going to be – Here's the thing, though. None of it's going to be on Flow this year. Oh, it's not? No, they're not going to have any races on flow. Fox Sports 1 has sole proprietorship over the whole season. Oh, sweet. So I don't have to pay no damn money. Sweet. Nope, it is on national, (laughs) international television on Fox Sports 1. And on Fox Sports 1 alone, just the live viewership from Fox Sports 1, the ARCA race at Daytona had 860,000 viewers. That was one of them. <laughs> and Phoenix, Phoenix had 270,000 viewers on Fox Sports 1. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. And that's just live viewers. That's not counting all the YouTube replays, all the videos on YouTube, everybody's social media in the stands. And everything else, dude, that race, dude, that's how I've been studying Berlin and Elko, is I went back on YouTube, and over the last five or six years, I've been watching complete races of the, the whole race for the last five or six years. So, let me ask you this, you know, how, how are you going to build up, like, how are you building up your stamina 
to, to last all them laps. Uh, I'll let my wife answer that one if we ever get her on. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's all I got for you, man. That's about all the exercise I get. There's going to be a little golden, little golden, golden kid pop out again, huh? No, not on purpose. Not on purpose. <laughs> I hear you there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. <laughs> Put it this way: the, the garage ain't the only thing I can pull out of. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Your wife's probably said, "Oh wait, no, you're in Pampa. Never mind." I was about to say. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm safe. I'm two hours away from the house right now. I'm safe. Yeah. Until she, until she hears it. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go home at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, of course you've seen the logo and everything, and I bet I bet you met him a couple times. My cousin Cooper. I've never met him, but I've, I've heard of him. And speaking of cousins, I know you do have a lot of musicians on your show. Um, well, I got two. I got two shows. Are, are you familiar with my cousin? Who's your cousin? Herschel Golden. Okay. Yeah, I know who he is. He's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um, He's, he, he had four songs in 2020 and 21 that were on the Texas Top 100 country music chart. Yeah, I know. I know who he is. I I talked to him. Did I talk to him on an interview one time? I can't remember. But he, he is from Atascocita, Texas, and he is he's my cousin. And I'm just like, dude, there's our family to be so. Uh, no one ever heard of us. <laughs> we have a lot of random talents. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, dude! So you said June's your debut? Yeah, that's what we're looking at most likely. Uh, me and Alex are still talking about it. It's most likely going to be June at uh, at Birdland because what we want to do is we're going to run a couple races uh, leading up to Bristol, and we want to throw everything we've got at Bristol. And that's why he wanted me to run these other races. We were just going to show up. I was like, all right, let's go run Bristol. And he's like. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah. He's like, Let, what we're going to do is we're going to put you in the car for a few races leading up to Bristol so you can learn the cars, mm-hmm. learn how they operate. And I want you to just, I'll be honest, it's like running at about 80%, save the car uh, for these first five or six races. I want you to go hard at Springfield, hard at Decoin, hard at Bristol. The other races, save the car, run about 80% and learn. And I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever, whatever puts money on the table. With all due respect, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With all due respect, Alex, I'm going to do some driving. <laughs> and if you get a chubby in there, uh... that's what I'm saying. Because I already, I've already talked to the spotter lady. And I gave her a heads up. I was like, all right, listen. <laughs> like, uh, oh, you got, a, you got a woman spotting for you? Yeah. That's cool. Like, I, I promise you have never had a driver like me. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize. Uh, just make sure when you're crying from laughing so hard, you can still see what the hell's going on. Yeah, because I need you. <laughs> so when are, so let me ask you this also, since you you know come from dirt background, what's it going to be like that first pit stop? 
Well, see, with ARCA, we don't do like the super fast timed pit stops. We have our race breaks where we come in, they put the race under a red flag, we pull in the pits. Oh, they've changed uh, it a lot then. Like, yeah, so it's like, it's like uh, okay, timer start now, and they'll start a timer. You have, I, I don't know what the exact time frame is, but they have a certain time frame to, to service the cars, and they're like, and timer stop. When the timer stops, everybody gets away from the car, they pull us back out and line us back up. Just don't stall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because, I mean, once again, go. Honestly, I'm kind of freaked out about the whole radio thing because we don't have radios. You know, we're racing. We're right. So my biggest worry is that I'm going to have a spotter in my ear and it's going to be a huge distraction until I get used to it. Well, then you got a crew chief also in your ear, too. Yeah, so I'm going to... I'm, dude, as soon as they come on the radio, already know the first thing I'm gonna say the first time they come on the radio when I pull out for practice, it's like, all right, Chris, here we go. Is that you, Jesus? <laughs> dude, I wish I could get like you know, like NASCAR has like the scanner app where you could hear him. Dude, get the scanner on my radio. Dude, can you imagine Arca radioactive? Oh, dude, that'd be freaking hilarious. Dude. Oh, the voices are back. Yeah. <laughs> They're telling me to go faster. I don't know what to do. Now, you don't have a button on your steering wheel where you can push it and you can talk to them? Yep. That, that's, that's crazy. So, who's sponsoring you for that first race? Uh, the first race at Berlin right now, uh, we have Elk City Motorsports Park for the lower quarter panel. And that's it. The rest of it, I'm funding myself. Oh, dang. So right now, uh, so, like, yeah, like, I'm throwing a lot of money at this. Like we, we have uh, we have Elk City Motorsports Park that's going to be on the lower quarter panel for every race, um, including Bristol. And then we have uh, for Bristol, we have Team Dirt Dog that's jumped on um, Dry Ice Blasting of America, which is also my limited modified. Um, Another apparel company that's actually just started. We're waiting on them to release their logo and their company name. They've already paid us before they even have a company name. So <laughs> that, that's that's pretty. Are they like local or? Uh, they are. They're big. They're they're pretty. They're they're big time. Uh, they're they're national. Uh, they actually they do a lot of stuff with the World of Outlaw Sprint cars and stuff like that. But they've always been kind of a silent partner. Like they didn't. They didn't have anything. They just threw money and stuff for no reason. Is it Race uh, Ranch? Is it who? Race Ranch. It is not. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But I, I would love to have Race Ranch on the Arca car. Um, um, D.L. Wilson actually had Heart of Texas on his hood and upper quarter panels. The Heart of Texas Speedway on his hood and upper quarter panels for his really? race Phoenix. That's awesome. So uh, we, we're doing kind of the same thing. We're bringing Elk City Motorsports Park with us and um, for these seven races, I mean, we're going to have multiple races we're going to run. We're looking at uh, Berlin, Elko, Springfield, DeCoin, and IRP, uh, Bristol, and a couple others. Oh, you get to go to IRP. That's crazy. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> you're, like, um, you're like Bristol and IRP. <laughs> and we're, we're wide open on marketing partners, and there's there's tons of people that, like, tons of space that we have to to bring people on board mm-hmm. and my my marketing advisor would murder me if if i 
if you heard me say this, but to be the title sponsor of our car, like it'd be Chris Golden driving the It's Crow Time Ford for Club Racing Inc., like literally the title sponsor of our car, uh, hood and upper quarter panels, is only 5000 a race. You're kidding. That And that's our title sponsor. It only goes down from there. Uh, 5000 a race for the hood and the quarter panels and title sponsor of the car. And that includes all the social media coverage. You have the name of the car and the pamphlets on the ARCA websites everywhere for five grand. That's it. And, and these other teams, I'm not even going to lie to you, there's other teams out there that are charging 80 grand for that spot just in ARCA. Oh, yeah, like Menards and everything, like, you know, like them big names. And honestly, that's why that's why I chose Alec. That's one of the reasons is because he's a lot like me. Everything that he has, he's built himself. And he's he's about helping out the little guy. Mm-hmm. And that's why he did. He, we don't set the, the marketing prices to make a profit. That's not the goal here. We're racers. We're not businessmen. Right. We our, our marketing prices are our we got it set to our break-even point. If we break even, that's our goal. Breaking even is our goal. And that's what it's all about, man. I mean, Bristol costs us a little more, but just because of the, the way the tires are at Bristol, you have to run the, the tires with the inner liner. Oh, yeah. um, and so so a lot of the tracks, you, you're for your, it's mandatory that you run those, like Daytona, Talladega, or Bristol, Kansas. Oh, the um, big NASCAR like tracks. You have to run the inline tires. Right. They're $2,000 a set. Oh, God. So just for Bristol, our tire bill for three sets of tires, six grand. Holy shit. It's $6,000 just in tires to go to Bristol. Yeah. And that's, and like I said, that's to have three sets. That's one on the car and two in the pits. That's all, that's all we're allowed to have. And it's six thousand dollars just for three sets of tires. See, I only get two sets of stickers. Hmm. Yeah, that's. And then yeah. we still have fuel pit passes, transport costs all the way from Morris, Illinois, uh, the Airbnb, and, and everything else. So, I mean, that's the marketing spots for Bristol are a little bit higher. So, Not a lot. It's like our our primary for Bristol seventy five hundred bucks for title instead of five thousand. So what? What do y'all, like, what's the payout? Like, say, what's the payout per position? Like, what's the lowest you can get, like, get paid? Uh, the lowest pay that I've seen is for last place is $1,500. <laughs> That's still, damn. <laughs> also, if you Google ARCA payouts, mm-hmm. uh, like for Daytona, Charlotte, any of the larger tracks, you can find them online. They are public information of what the payouts are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daytona pays thirty thousand if you win. Hmm. That, that's not really a lot. Yeah, fifteen hundred for last place. Thirty thousand pays for a car. That's about it. Yeah, that's. And see, that's what a lot of these people don't understand. Even at the cup level, yeah. Even at the, even at the cup series level, winning the biggest race of the year, the Daytona five hundred, only pays. I think it's like two point five million. I was going to say, it don't pay. Well, I mean, that shoot, that's almost your all-star win right there. Right. So no matter what, no matter what level you're at, whether it be running tuners for 200 to win or running the Cup Series, winning races will not pay the bills. It's not like the old days. 
and that's why marketing is so important. Joe Gibbs, in one of his interviews, said that he will not show up to a race unless he has a sponsor. If he has enough sponsors, this, he brings enough sponsor dollars to every race to pay for 10 cars. Yeah. He brings four cars to the track, so he has enough money to bring 10 to the track. And breaks, that's his break-even point because they have people that that work for them day in and day out. You know, they have fabricators, crew members, hauler drivers, shop personnel, all these different people that, that work for them. So basically whatever it costs to get a car to the track, mm-hmm. in order for them to operate, they have to bring 10 cars for every four. Hmm. That's their break-even point. You know, it's kind of weird talking about Joe Gibbs. Can you believe he's not letting Christopher run any dirt? Uh, honestly, yeah. Because it's in it, uh, well, well, we'll throw it from two perspectives here. Um, we'll throw it from the positive first. Those guys look at dirt racing as primal, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, like it's what people used to look at NASCAR as a bunch of dumb rednecks going around in a circle. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But now for the real reason, and we're gonna and Kyle Larson, I'll say one hundred percent is an exception. Well, yeah, Rick told him he said you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Larson is the exception because he came from dirt. Right. But these guys, they get to that level and has never ran dirt in their life, go to dirt and get the absolute crap kicked out of them because they're not drivers. Like Kyle Busch when he tried to run dirt. Exactly. Or Joey Logano. That was so stupid when he ran. I was like, why is he running dirt? The best race car drivers, and this this is going to get me flack at that level, and I don't care. The best race car drivers in the world are on the dirt. And they never get the attention because they are on dirt. Yeah. Did you hear uh, who it was? Tony Sturt. I think it was Clint Boyer was telling this story. They were sitting in uh, in the motorhome. They were watching a dirt race, and it was either Seabell or it was, uh, it was either Seabell or it was uh, Kyle Larson. And Tony told. Clint asked Tony, or somebody asked Tony who that was, and he said, that kid's going to be a star, he said, because he's got the talent and everything. I forgot who that was. It was Seabell. I remember that. Yeah, it was was Seabell. That's right. And, dude, to be honest, I'd never heard about him. I was listening to – the way I heard about him, I was listening to Eldora when he won the truck truck race, and I was like – I was sitting there, and of course Steve Post was calling, called it when they're like coming off turn four, and they said from Norman, Oklahoma, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then, uh, then I went back and looked, and I was like, "This is who this kid is. He's from Norman, of all places." Uh-huh. And yeah, when he won, of course, I mean he's won several races now, but I mean. Next to Chris Golden, you know, of course, but he's a uh, he's the only driver that. Yeah, that came out of Oklahoma. You didn't say. Yeah. Incorrect. 
Well, I mean, there's been several others, but he's the only one you know. I've got a uh, Arca regular that uh, that actually lives in Piedmont, Oklahoma. I was gonna say uh, I saw that from was it Eric Caudell? Eric Caudell. Yeah. One of the greatest dudes I've ever met in my entire life. Dude, he's so helpful. That's awesome. He drives the seven car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say there's been several, you know, come out of Oklahoma, but none has got to the cup level, you know. Yeah, except for Bell. Bell will be the first. Yeah. Plus, dude, dude, I'm being honest, I'm fighting an uphill battle. Right. How many 32-year-old rookies are there in NASCAR at all? There's none. Exactly. All the rookies in NASCAR, 17, 18, 19, these impressionable kids that can be molded and manipulated. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like we go back to watching, I mean, it's like watching Rowdy. I mean, he even said that. He, he said, I was, I was, he didn't say he's pressured into something, but he said, I thought I was doing something that. I was like, I was going to win some, get some money, you know, and everything. And yeah, I mean, I think he realized that he, he, he messed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing is, is he wanted to part ways and all that, but still, you have to look at the Joe Gibbs side of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Why would you release? It goes back to marketing. You release a three time champion mm-hmm. to replace him with the rookie. Mm-hmm. Because because of marketability, because Kyle, I mean M and M's is gone. Yeah, and Kyle brings monster with him. So, and I mean, if, you're telling me, if you can tell me that NASCAR isn't funneling the drivers that they want to the upper series, look at the sponsors for Ty Gibbs. Look at the sponsors for Haley Deegan. Look at the sponsors for all these kids that move up the ranks so mm-hmm. quickly. It's always monster. The yeah. monster in Cup Series. Yeah, and yeah, look at it when they did have the Cup Series when they were the main sponsor. I mean, they still are. Oh no, it's still, it's still the Monster Energy Cup Series. No, now it's uh, Coca Cola, Geico, Bush Light. It's just the Cup Series. Oh, it's a Monster left. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that shows how I pay attention. <laughs> Uh, Craftsman came back to the truck series, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's definitely different. Well, buddy, uh, I thank you for coming on and everything. It was a fun time, and uh, yeah. So, are you gonna do any racing in between now and June? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'll be at uh, Oak City Motorsports Park, uh, March twenty fourth. Uh, if you go to my website, chrisgoldenracing.com, uh, my complete schedule is on there as well as my projected ARCA schedule. My ARCA schedule is on there and then my dirt schedule as well. Uh, plus all my social media links, Golden Racing 19 on Instagram, TikTok, and all that. Uh, Chris Golden on Facebook, of course, Chris Golden Racing. Uh, tons of social media, pretty big social media footprint there. Um, and we have, if you would have a spot there where if somebody does want to partner with us, they can shoot us an email. Uh, Chris, or just send it over to Chris at chrisgoldenracing.com and it comes straight to me. It's 
skips all the skips all the middle guys and, and comes straight to me, and we can talk about it and work on uh, getting some national exposure on Fox Sports One for for the little guys. And not, that's not just me. That's the, the all the companies I bring along with me. We're all about the little guys, so that's what we're for. That's awesome, dude. So, uh, I'm, who's all them sponsors you want to send a shout out to? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> Already talked about racechoice.com. Uh, they've been so huge for my development over this last year. Uh, heck, we'll start with a dirt car. I mean, the guys at Howard Motorsports have become my family. They sold me my first dirt car. Uh, they're actually, since I'm working the oil field, I don't have time to work on my car. They're actually doing my setup and everything on my car for me uh, mm-hmm. this season to help out. Uh, so, Howard Motorsports, uh, a brand new one that jumped on board, Waller Contracting LLC. Uh, it's a great little small business out of uh, Okarchi, Oklahoma. It does uh, landscaping, contracting, fencing, pretty much any, any kind of home improvement, anything you want to do, he's the guy to call. Um, it's just him and his wife do everything themselves. Uh, That's awesome. so doesn't really, he's cheaper than a lot of guys, helps people out, does amazing work. I've shared a lot of his stuff on my Facebook page. Uh, Dry Ice Blasting of America, uh, Mark Garrett, uh, they do, I'm sure you've heard of the sandblasting. Mm-hmm. This uh, Dry ice blasting is a cleaner version of that. Oh, wow. So instead of sand blasting, they use uh, dry ice, basically. And mm. it's cleaned. That's awesome. Uh, dry ice blasting of America. They've also jumped on board uh, with our ARCA stuff. Um, Elk City Motorsports Park is on my limited, as well as multiple races in the ARCA car. I want to I wanna bring them to the national stage. I mean, having a racetrack right here in my backyard has always been a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially since moving here to Elk City, I remember our first apartment here when we moved up here. Just myself, my wife, my young son. I'd walk out on the balcony, and I was across town, and I could hear the cars at the track. Mm-hmm. And just sitting there just with this burning feelings, like, I want to be be out there. Like, I should be there. I don't even have the track. I can hear them, and I want to be there. Just that feeling. I want everyone in Elk City to know that feeling. And, and feel that pride of being able to, to want something so bad and, and being able to get it. And I want to br- really bring Elk City to the, the national stage. Um, let's see. Uh, Fortner, Fortner Oil, Ham's Oil dealer, uh, provides all my fluids for the car, the dirt track car. Uh, the car on 66, an amazing lady. She actually has been on several TV shows uh, that, that feature Route 66 main stops. And she's right there in Oak City. Has a little knickknack shop there. Really cool stuff. She has the original Barbie mannequin, which wow. there's only it's, there's only one of him in the world. It's the only one. And it was when Bar, it was before Barbie was blonde. It's it's a black haired Barbie. It was the original Barbie mannequin, as well as the original Ken mannequin. Wow. She has, a, she has the pair set there. It's the coolest thing ever. She has so much unique stuff there. Uh, awesome lady. She's actually our uh, just a great friend. And uh, when I, I when I blew my engine uh, two years ago at Enid, thanks to her, I never missed a race. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else has jumped on board. Uh, Team Dirt Dog. Uh, it's an apparel company, and they also own multiple uh, sprint car, late model. Uh, dirt racing teams, even over in Australia, Team Dirt Dog has a huge presence in Australia as well as America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the dirt racing scene, they do apparel and 
uh, a lot of stuff. They'll actually be my apparel company that'll be doing all my merch. Um, they're building a landing site right now to where when you go to the merch tab on my site, it'll actually direct you to my own personal Team Dirt Dog merch website where you can order direct from them. Everything's made to order, so super easy. So any racers out there that are listening, Team Dirt Dog, hit them up, have them build you a landing site because the biggest cost of uh, – Having merch done is having all this inventory sit at your house that doesn't sell. So oh, definitely. Stuff like made to order streamlines everything. Everything goes through them. They take they they tell you what their price is. Say for example, seven dollars a shirt. It's like okay, cool. I want to sell those shirts for twenty. Okay, right. cool. He, he makes the shirt. He takes his seven out, and at the end of the month, he sends you a check for the 13 per shirt or whatever, whatever the difference is. He just sends you a check every month. Wow. Super, super easy. That's a lot uh, easier. Oh, yeah, dude. That way you don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of unsold merch just sitting at your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, I've never had that issue. You know, all of my merch always sells. <laughs> 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 yeah, I get you a pair of drawers right there with the Arca car right there. 103, 103 car right there. Dude, I'm telling you, we're going we to have, dude, we gonna, we gonna have some stuff. Like, I, well, I have some ideas flowing for some hilarious merch. Oh, uh, we're going to have, we're gonna have uh, two different designs for shirts starting out, one with the dirt car. And then of course one of the Arca cars, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have thongs made mm-hmm. with uh, with a picture of me doing like the the Stevo face, like the two thumbs up. It's like ah, yeah. <laughs> dude, you need to get some shorts. You know, like them girls got them shorts that have like stuff written on the ass. Get one that says "Stay Golden." Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> And we're gonna, as the year progresses, uh, my marketing advisor Paul is actually gonna be taking notes on some of the things that I say. <laughs> of what he calls the, the Chris Goldenisms uh, will also be made in the shirt. Where's he? Where's he out of? Uh, he is out of uh, Dallas Fort Worth. He actually. Oh really? Yeah, I met him down at Kennedale a few years back. Oh okay. And, uh, he he works with a nonprofit uh, called Tough. Hmm. And. Basically, what they do is, is they're they're all about changing the legislature for in in the advancement of equal shared parenting. Uh, because obviously, our court system is a little biased. Oh, we'll, definitely. We'll, we, we can agree on that. It's a little biased towards the mom, and a lot of these deadbeat dads. It's not the mom's fault, but a lot of these deadbeat dads are really just getting a bad rap right. from the the children's court system. And, and I'm a little bit of a product of that. My, my grandpa had to spend every penny that he had to Stupid just I <laughs> just just to adopt me, and I was a ward of the state, basically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's it wasn't even a custody battle, and he still had to spend every penny that he had. Yeah. So it's it's insane. But they've actually changed lots of. Legislature in both Oak, or both in Texas and in Tennessee, uh, in favor of it's not in favor of the dads. It's not about giving dads superiority or anything like that. It's just about being equal, right? And and honestly, the the best child support out there is equal shared parenting. That's their slogan, and it's dude, it's it's a very true one. Dude, you got that marketing down, like 
you'll be ready for an interview. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, man. And I would say Paul's been a huge help. He's actually stepped in as my marketing advisor. And uh, Allison, uh, I'm gonna butcher her last name, and she's gonna either murder me or laugh at me. Um, Allison Grusendorf, I want to say. I've never actually had to pronounce her last name before. Um, are you familiar with any of the street racing guys on Discovery Channel? Um, street Outlaws? Yeah. Are you familiar with any of that? Uh, yeah. I actually went one time. We were working a job, and we ended up going to Big Chief's uh, so shop. Heard the, heard the 405 guys, right? Oh, yeah. Cool. She's one of the 405 girls. Okay. Uh, so she's one of she's she's in with the four hundred five guys and, and all those. And she's been a huge help in helping me make connections. Uh, well, then her husband he was he was a street racer too. He was on there too, wasn't he? Uh, who was? Well, I thought did she? No, she didn't have a husband. I've heard that last name before. I say she she did have a husband. Maybe I don't know. But uh, that's actually my doctor's last name, Wittendorf. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's, yeah, there's, there's tons of people I could thank, and I, I always forget one or two here and there, and I feel bad about it, but I usually get them on the next one and forget somebody else, so it, it evens out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, but what it all boils down to do is the fans, because even if I could do what I do without the fans, it wouldn't be half as fun, because who would listen to me talk besides myself? Dude, your freaking fan club could be called the Golden Boys and Girls. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, dude, that'd be perfect. Just stay golden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, yeah, like, like a big girl at prom, I'm just happy to be here. That's probably going on a shirt. I was about to say, dude, you got to. I was going to say, you got to put that on a shirt or a sticker or something. Wear it to Bristol, <laughs> dude. I, I just uh, I can't I can't wait just for that first race. I'm gonna be like, all right, it'd be like I'll just follow it along. Okay, he didn't get an interview this time. He'll get one next time, or the next time, or the next yeah, time. I, out of seven races, they, they do rookie spotlights every race. So one of those seven races, I've got to be the rookie spotlight. But there's a bunch there's a bunch of rookies this year, isn't there? No. Oh yeah. In most most races, you only have about twenty cars that show up in Arca. So your chances are really good to get a top ten. Oh yeah, dude, that's got to survive. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, looking at it, I mean, yeah. Well, I've watched races at Berlin. Berlin, there's a bunch of wrecks. Well, see, so last year they had I don't know they had twenty twenty two cars start. Uh huh. And thirteen finished. Well, and you gotta look at it, look at it too. Like you got a good—that's a good shot at making the race. Oh yeah, you're yeah, like we're gonna be in the race almost no matter what. Um, <laughs> Bristol last year started thirty-six cars because it's what's called a combo race. Right. Uh, is a combo race also. The West and uh, East. Yeah, they, they combine the national series with the East, or they combine with the national with the West. Right, because uh, they they bought the K and N. Uh, yeah, combined it was all together. Yeah, I remember when it went down. Yeah, because when that yeah, because NASCAR bought ARCA, uh huh, in series also, right? They wrapped together, right? So, so yeah, so it's a combo race. So it's they they'll start they start up to forty cars. 
Uh, last year, even in the combo race, they had 36. Something to remember is that most of the cars in a regular ARCA race, not well, not going to say most, but a lot of the cars are well, what's, what are called starting parts. Yeah. They're going to go, go out there, run 10, 15, 20 laps and pull off. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, so That's what a bunch of them cup teams did back in the day when they used to have the go-or-go-homers. Yeah, exactly. That, that's like Berlin last year. I was watching, re-watching the Berlin race from last year. Mm-hmm. They started 19 cars, and out of those 19, three of them were starting parks. So right there, you're already up to 16. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's it's that one, you know? It's like... Well, it's like Alex ran, uh, Alex ran Phoenix last week. Mm-hmm. On, on uh, They had 32 cars start the race. Alex started 28th and finished... 17th. Wow. No, sorry. Started 27th, finished 18th. Wow. And he was only, I think he was only four laps down in that race. So it's crazy to say, but this could be with, with the with the, the plethora of drivers that we have in the specialties of the drivers that are joining this little small team. Because mm-hmm. Alex works out of his garage, dude. He didn't even have a big shop like these guys. He works out of his garage just like I do with my third car. Oh, wow. And he's out here almost getting the hard charger at Phoenix in a combo race. Yeah. This little team. And I'm like, dude, with the with the, the, the skill set of drivers that we have joining this little team, dude, this could be the year for Club Racing Inc. And I'm really excited to be, to be a part of it. Well, if you got Corey Card freaking running road courses. I mean, he's he knows walking's going like the back of his hand. Though he's oh. probably he's probably never ran the boot though. But <laughs> so yeah, we'll just walk his on our schedule. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, Casey, uh, Casey Carden's going to be there. We have Alex as well, and a lot of these races. Honestly, we're going to. Alex said he's he's considering fielding two cars, um, one for me and one for himself or someone else. That'd be I mean, good. He's a racer. He didn't want to be sitting in the pits or on the pit box. He wants to be racing. Right. And and he's, uh, well, being honest, he's kind of stuck his neck out for me. And, and I'm going to make sure that that I do the best I can for him as well as any marketing partners that we bring on board because this is this is the tipping point. Um, this is the year that Club Racing Inc. could either explode or it go really bad. And I want to I make sure that I'm part of the reason that it explodes. Well, yeah, I mean – this could lead to opportunities I mean also for you dude like for real like say you like you get into Daytona or something shoot anybody can win Daytona <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's all about drafting I mean <laughs> it was like it's like uh, Richard Petty used to say cause, well, I've talked to Wayne Peterson quite a bit I obviously almost signed with Wayne um, but Wayne talks about Richard Petty a lot because he was he worked for Lee Petty he was Lee Petty's gas man Oh, wow. And uh, it's just crazy because the, the big tracks, you see who has the most motor. Mm-hmm. The short tracks, you see who has the best chassis on the short tracks. And on the dirt tracks, you see who has the best driver. And that's just what it boils down to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, did you, did, what, have you thought about, like, what you're going to do if you win? <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, no, because I've never even won on dirt yet. So. Well, hey, I mean, you could be one of them guys, you know. 
no, doesn't win at the low levels. Gets up to Arca and just like freaking just that's like your freaking wheelhouse, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it could be, I mean, look, heck, look at look at Dale Earnhardt Jr. He ran asphalt late models for five years before he got his first win. Yeah. And he, had, I mean, you can't sit here and tell me he didn't have the best equipment money could buy. Well, yeah. Now he's got his own team. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out here running my garbage pail car. And running, running top five with these guys. So, <laughs> well, look at look at Josh Barrick. I mean, oh, yeah. People, I was talking to a guy. We we're talking about talking about it, and they're like, they said, "What do you think about?" It? I said, "That kid's going to." I said, "He ain't going to do nothing at the big tracks." I said, "But you put him on a short track." I said, "He's going to. He's going to do something." And they said, "Yeah, right." I was like, "Look at what the dude did." <laughs> yeah, look at Phoenix. We did the, the nine car finish. Yeah, got a top ten. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, here's the other the flip side of that. Something I haven't even mentioned yet. Um, in 2024, one of two things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of this year, this year, I'm selling out all of my nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. I will. I will no longer drive my own car. I, I'll. I'll jump into somebody like for Chris Baxter, build my modified or something like that. Right. I'll jump drive for someone else. But I'm selling out. I'm. I'm Completely selling out my entire operation at the end of 2023, and I'm either going to run full time with Alex, <laughs> we get the marketing dollars together, mm-hmm. or I'm going to buy the car that I've been driving for Alex all year, and still I'm going to run my team through a partnership with Alex. It'll be because uh, right now Alex works with with Mullins Racing as well, like a alliance. Exactly. We're 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 trying to build a low budget super team. Um, That's awesome. With with Dinah and Willie Mullins. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they already helped Alex Club with a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, Brayden Laster drove the zero three as a part with a partnership between Mullins and, and Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my goal is to buy one of Alex's cars and bring in basically a, a third partnership. To, to help grow it even more. That's awesome. So we're gonna that that's the plan anyway. But we know how plans work out. But that is that is the what we're building to as of right now for 2024 is I'm one way or the other I'm running a complete schedule for 2024. We're we're planning for the Daytona test in January already. Oh my gosh! So I, I will be one way or the other. I will be at Daytona in 2024. Now, let me whether whether it's driving my own car or driving for someone else. What's that going to be like when you first go on those high banks? Uh, at our race break, I'll probably need a new fire suit. <laughs> I was about to say. Because that one out there is going to be full. Dude, well, y'all are, they're hitting, they're not, they, they hit 200, don't they? Uh, yeah, they're, they're right around 200, 210, 202 once in a while. You know, I was talking to Corey about it, talking about the trucks, and I was talking to him. I was like, "What's it like?" He said, "Dude, he said, really." He said, "Once you get, once you're going that fast and you're in that pack, he said, you don't feel like you're going that fast." He said, "It's, it's really not." I'm like, "Hmm." <laughs> it's hard to think about, but because the only thing we've ever witnessed is these little half mile or shorter. Dirt tracks and short tracks, right? Always ever seen. And then 
that that's nothing compared to this two and a half mile monster of a track. So a uh, 180 around Daytona is probably feels about the same as 80 around these local dirt tracks. You know, I wonder that because like the like you know like we're talking about you know Talladega also. What about Atlanta? When you go to Atlanta, Atlanta's a super speedway now. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're like, yeah, shut up. I know. I'm 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 not ready. Luckily I'm in Arca. I don't have to worry about that <laughs> They're not running at Daytona they're not running at Atlanta anymore? Uh no. They haven't ran Atlanta in several years. Uh, uh due to if you, if you YouTube uh Arca Atlanta. Somebody did the whole documentary about it. Somebody died, didn't they? Um, yeah. They they wiped yeah. out yeah, I, I watched that, actually. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. I think it was in, like, the, the late 90s, I want to say. I, I think so. I think it I think it was. Like, 98, 99? Yeah, it was carnage. Yeah. That's like, uh, you go back, you know, you see those videos of, what is it, like, Arca, Carnage, or whatever, and it's, like, certain races, like, where was it? It was when they were running at, was it Kentucky? And there was a bunch of wrecks there and stuff, and it's just like it's crazy. Oh yeah, it's like there's one video of, of Wayne. Because Wayne's Wayne's like seventy three years old, still working on his cars. Wow. He still works. He still works out of his garage. And uh, he was actually still driving up until a couple of years ago. Oh and wow! There's a video of him at Kentucky. He went out to for qualifying, I think, and he spun out and backed the car into the fence. Mm-hmm. And instead of just coming down the pits and, and calling it a wash, he tried to finish his qualifying lap mm-hmm. and ends up coming out on the other end of the track and spinning out and nosing it into the wall. So he crushed both ends of the car sure. in the same qualifying lap. Probably. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, that's insane!" He's been doing this for years. Yeah, it's a it's it's crazy, you know. I'm going back to iRacing. I mean, it's not the real deal, but I mean, you know, like, for example, because you play Heat, you know, you spin out. You could save that. You could save it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, on freaking iRacing, you got to – I learned one – I made I made two hell of a saves. One time I was, uh, was coming on – I was racing somewhere, and I – I found out that if you stay in it, you're going to spin it. If you get on the brakes, just barely touch the brakes, you can save it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at Daytona, and I was about to spin out, and I saved it. And it was, I was like, damn, I wish I could have got that on video, because it was a nasty save. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to Seeing you in June, making your debut at Berlin. Heck yeah, man. I, I appreciate you. And, and hopefully I can uh, talk to you again before or after or sometime around that, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet after this one. I'm, I'm sure. I, I have to be honest. This is probably the most unprofessional I've ever been in any podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> 
this is Chris Golden unfiltered. Well, it's like it's like you look at it. Nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> for for once, uh, I know you're not right, but I kind of hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's like somebody asked me though, like, "Can I cuss on here?" I was like, "Yeah, nobody listens to this. I'm, I'm market explicit, anyways. Nobody listens to it." And then they will, they will now. I mean, heck, I, I wasn't even racing the other day at Elk City, and Max Ramsey, Max Ramsey snapped a picture of me while I was standing there in the pit, and it was his most liked photo in his whole 194 picture album. Wow! It had it had seven likes compared to every other photo. The most likes they had was three. Well, that's like uh, uh, it had, nine, had nine likes compared to his second highest, which was three. <laughs> Dude, so I shot myself in the foot when I said that, though. We went, I didn't think nobody listened to the music one. And we were up in Stillwater. And there's this guy from Nebraska. He lived in Nebraska. And he saw me and Zach, my brother. And he was like, y'all are the Crow Bros. And we're like, how the hell do you know that? (laughs) And then... Me and Zach had tried doing a podcast. We did one episode. He's like, I listened to that. And I was like, oh, okay. He said, yeah, and you have It's Crow Time. And I said, I said, you actually listen to that? He said, yeah, all the time, man. So I'm like, <laughs> hmm. I didn't think anybody listened to it. Dude, I, I had that experience quite often now. It's, kind of, it's a little different because people will see me at the store, like around Elk City. I'm on the radio all the time in Elk City, you know. I'm always on Cool 94 talking about racing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and all the time, I'll be walking around Walmart or something, and it'll be somebody that just randomly happens to see me at the track or something. I'm like, hey, Chris, what's up, man? And dude, it, it, it seems kind of conceited to say, but I talk to hundreds of people. Right. Like, I'm like, and I treat everybody the same. I treat everybody like they're my best friend. And, and they'll they'll walk up to me in the store like, hey Chris, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, what's going on? Dude, like, I hate no, that. Like, like the only thing going through my mind is, is first things. Like, do I know this person? No. Okay. Uh, apparently, they know me from somewhere. All right, cool. Okay, cool. Be super nice to them and don't let them find out that you have no idea who they are. That's like I hate that. Like I was at we were in Granbury. And I saw a guy that I had on a podcast. I was talking to him. Well, this guy walked out, and he looked so familiar. And I was like, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, what's up? And then he said, uh, he said, what's your name again? I said, Henry Crow. He said, yeah, yeah, I know you. And uh, I said, I was like, I said, I met you somewhere. He said, yeah, we met somewhere, and we couldn't remember something. <laughs> and uh I was like, what's your name? He told me. And he's like, I think we're friends on Facebook or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Dude, the, big, the biggest highlight of this whole deal is that uh, I sent you over that front stretch article. And that's what got this whole deal rolling here. Yeah. Uh, somehow, my high school in Joaquin, Texas got a hold of it. Wow. And... The, the entire town, the population of the whole town is like 700 people. That's not a small town, though. It's a little bitty town. No, it's not, dude. My, my freaking, my hometown, where I graduated from, was 500. That's a small town. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we had, from, from uh, kindergarten to senior class, we had 144 students. Okay. That sounds like my town, my school. Yeah. 
for a little bit and crazy because our graduating class was one of the biggest they ever had. It was 28. See, mine was 29 and it was the biggest. Yeah, so, and anyway, they got a hold of that article and they posted it on the Joaquin ISD Facebook page, which has 2.4 thousand followers. They posted on the page and in like two days, it had like 70 likes. Wow. It was like former Joaquin High School graduate heading to NASCAR. Congratulations, Chris Golden. And somebody tagged me in it. Like shared it and tagged me in it. I was like, how the hell did they get a hold of this? Yeah. So that little tiny town of 700 people, they're probably going to freaking rename it after me or something. Yes. Because... They, the only thing that's ever came out of Joaquin, Texas was man. <laughs> that sounds like Faxon. <laughs> I'd say, so, I joke with people, the main export out of Faxon is wheat, cotton, and methamphetamine. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it makes me feel really good. Uh, that, that, this, like I said in my TikTok, dude, I was I was really socially awkward as a kid. I, I, I was I was an only child, you know, raised by my grandparents. I didn't really understand how to react to the other kids, even up into high school. Yeah. And, like, I had friends and stuff, but we weren't really like the, the popular kids, I guess you could say, which is weird considering there are only like 15 kids total. Um, <laughs> but, I understand what and, you're saying, though. Yeah, like, I, it, it was weird. And, and to see them show that level of pride in, in me, Knowing that, like, like my memory, it was like I wasn't some big name at the school. I was just kind of a nobody there. And I was like, oh, my God, look at this guy. And I'm just like, that's a really cool feeling. Yeah, that is, that is pretty cool, man. Oh, goodness. Well, buddy, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have to have you on here again. Definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, we've tried to get off many times now. I don't know how my wife feels. She just can't ever get off either. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is gonna hurt my publicity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you have a good night. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Right. So much. No problem. Well, race fans, that's gonna do it for another episode of the Checkered Flag Show. I want to send a special shout out to Mr. Chris Golden for coming on. Such a great interview. And make sure you go and click on chrisgoldenracing.com where you'll find that limited ARCA schedule as far as and his dirt schedule. And you'll also find all his social media links. And while you're at it, if you're a new listener or if you just haven't done it yet, go to Checker Flag Show and give us a like on Facebook where you'll be all in the know about the show. All right, folks. With that being said, we'll see you next time right here on the Checker Flag Show. Good night, everybody. Five, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Comes out of turn number four to check the checkered flag.